0: welcome to another episode of the sunday puncher podcast i'm here with a whole group of people this week not a lot went on so i got to bring in a bunch of people so we can make up some stuff to talk about um we got a jam-packed episode for you we got a whole list of things to talk about this might be three hours long if these guys want to ramble on i got Stu here with me say hi Stu. yo all right that's enough um (laughs) Rollins, he's here as well. I've got Fred. You guys can say hi some other time. And then I got uh, my boy Lex here. Lex, never been on the podcast before. But Lex does talk with me on the daily about boxing. So we're going to give him a try. I got these other guys here to carry the slack if he's no good. Um, Guys, Jamel Herring. That's the big story of the week. You know Whether you think Jamel Herring is a top-tier fighter or not, what you can't deny is hell of a story to overcome. You saw on the ESPN broadcast, if you watched it, um, you know, the guy had to deal with losing a child 10 years ago and on the anniversary, uh, or, well, technically, no, it would have been on his daughter's birthday where she would have turned 10 years old. He won a world title after coming overcoming some trials and tribulations, not just in his personal life, but also in the ring having suffered two losses to date in his career you know this is a guy who whose career was basically floundering and it looked like he just didn't have the talent for it and then he fights Masayuki Ito who everyone you know if you watch the ESPN broadcast it was like hey this guy's really good he's got a right hand he's unorthodox just might be the wrong matchup for Ito
1: um
0: but since someone got a text now um let's talk about the fight um Which one of you actually watched this fight? I did. I watched it. All right, Fred. What did you see in this fight? Like, did you see um, Herring as a top guy at 130? Uh, Top? I don't know. I thought he did did a good job.
2: He had a good story. You know, that's the kind of stuff Kriegel especially loves. uh, Top, uh, he did good win the belt, but I don't know who's top. It's like Tank? I I don't think he can hang with Tank.
0: Well, he certainly has a size. I mean, if you look at him standing next to Terrence Crawford, he's a little bigger than Crawford in terms of height. Obviously, he weighs 130 so that he's not bigger than Crawford. He was fighting at 147 now. Um, what? Did, how do you think Herring looked overall? Do you think the movement um, going from his old camp, joining up with Bomack and Crawford, do you think that's made a difference for him? Or was this a case of matchmaking that he was able to capture a world title?
2: Well, I think probably attitude wise, uh, the shift in camp helped them out. But that's, it's always tough to tell. Like, there's probably more attitude than, like, I don't think if you're a jump trainer, you're suddenly going to become a different boxer. That really, rarely happens. You know, I, I think it's more that he, just, he was just sitting with a group of guys that just wanted to get his back a bit more and he felt comfortable and his fight. Like, I, I don't know. I, I didn't see anything world beating, but he did a good job. That's all I can say. Like I said, that's all. I was watching him. He's like, it's an all right fight, but it's not like he, like, completely wiped out you or anything. He just sort of want to fight. Eh. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I, I can, I can get that. Um, I, I really, really, and I think one of you guys can also speak on this. But like, I really think that this fight was. Now, I don't want to undermine or, or take anything away from from Herring, but. Was Ito really that good? Did anyone come into this fight thinking Ito was a great fighter? Like, did anybody? Did anybody out there watch the Diaz fight?
2: I don't think so. Maybe you. <laughs> that's the thing is, it's like it's hard to tell where Harry is because he's seen him before. It's like, is Ito really that good? He's good enough, but that's it's you're, like a lot of these a lot of these fights now are just going to be guys who they're going to be average and trying to say where they top level that that's might be a bit too much to put on. You know, I don't, I don't think a lot of these guys are that good. They're good. Like they're good enough, but
3: you know, you're going to have your clear favorites in the divisions. And I don't think Haring one of them. Do you, I think it just gives a, I think it just gives top rank, another guy that they can run like at least like his first couple title defenses. And he should be competent enough uh, to retain the belt. I mean, to me, it looked like the biggest difference with the, the change in camp and everything was just mostly about confidence. Uh, he seemed like a lot more sure of himself. Uh, part of that might be d- due to Ito kind of being uh, unorthodox, but uh, I think that increased confidence will carry him over as long as he's not matched against the top, top
0: guys. Well, it looks like that's what they want to push him into because they're, they over here having Burchelt come into the ring. And we all know that when you bring somebody into the ring afterwards, it's a good chance that, that's the fight that they're angling for. I mean... Well, it's Pacquiao. <laughs> well, maybe Pacquiao was like, you know what? I, I I stood next to Spence, and I'm good. Like, I, I don't want that kind of CTE. L- let me ask you guys this, okay? We got to talk about this, because as far as talking about the fight, look, there may be a world out there. There may be an audience out there for a real discussion and breakdown of this fight, but there are two things I think that are pretty important that we should talk about. One is Spence, or sorry, not Spence, but I, I'm acting like top rank right now. I just can't keep Spence out of my out of my mouth. But one is the, 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 okay. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> but, but the other thing, so there's two things. Um, how they use Crawford really to promote this fight. I mean, in the post-fight interview, it almost felt like they were trying to give Crawford the mic before they even gave Herring, who won a world title, a chance to speak. And then the other thing, and this is probably the one that people really want to hear us talk about Jamel Herring, one of the guys who left the Al Heyman group. He left Heyman, went over, to, left PBC, went over to top rank. He's found success. Lex, what do you want to say about that?
4: I mean, I think, you know, like this is top rank specialty, right? They find guys and they're able to create storylines. And I think that's a lot of the time with sales and boxing. They were able to find like the perfect matchup for Heron, get him a, a good win on T V, spice it up with some good marketing, and now they have a name for for Birchell, which is something that we can look forward to down the line if it does happen. And I, I think they're they're you know they're buying some time for Birchell who doesn't I don't off the top of my head I don't think he's too many interesting options. So this could be something that they drum up for the
0: future. So you you really think that top rank I mean, do you guys think that top rank is really trying to build Burchelt like that?
1: Well, they were saying after Burchelt's fight, what well, a month ago, he was coming out in the post-fight interview and saying that he unify, And it was presumed that it was going to be Ito, but obviously... And they, they obviously haven't Burchelt in the ring. That seems what they're pushing for, to have Burchelt unify the two belts.
0: But, like... Interestingly enough, though, the conversation that we're actually hearing is about Burchelt moving up and fighting Lomachenko. So, like, which direction are they actually trying to go in? And what direction do you think is the best direction to go in?
4: I personally, this is Lex. I'd like to see Burchelt and Loma. Yes, absolutely. I want to see Burchelt and Loma. I'd like to see that style matchup. You have like your traditional brawler versus a technician, but on the other hand, I think from a top rank perspective, it's nice that they have some. They have two strong fighters at two different weight classes at the moment, and that might be good for more TV dates if they're trying to fill dates out. Not quite sure they want to like risk one of those guys losing quite yet.
0: Yeah, and that's that's another point to to bring up is like there's a lot of TV dates that they have across ESPN Plus. I mean. At one point, at what point do they? Does it make more sense to do the unification than it does to just have all these guys in in different individual fights?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think with Herring in particular, like I don't know, Top Rank's usually pretty good at knowing who's going to win there, but uh, having Burchelt there might have been more uh, originally planned for Ito. I mean, it's possible uh, either way, but I see Herring as someone that they can pretty easily like stretch out two or three TV dates with his story because they love to retell the same story over and over, particularly that commentary crew. But uh, I think that that might change the equation too, whereas instead of going straight to it, they might um, drag it out a little bit more before they do the Burchell fight.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you're Herring, do you want to go into the Burchell unification or do you want to do a couple of defenses? Because if there's one thing we know about Top Rank is that they're pretty smart at picking opponents. I mean, somehow they're going to sell this Oscar Valdez fight, and I have no clue who he's fighting. And, like, I've read his name, like, 500 times at this point. I still cannot remember who he's fighting.
2: I think a thing Top Rank might also be doing is trying to create internal conflict with the fighters they got. You know, they're just trying to get these guys' names out and saying, hey, they want this. I don't know. Some of that smells like but they might be trying to manufacture drama within their camp just to get the people interested
0: it's, it's it's similar and and this is smart because they have a lot of guys at 130 it's pretty similar to what pbc's done with their welterweight and super welter welterweight divisions where they have they're stocked with talent and there's no point even in discussing fighters from other networks because there's just so much that you can do in-house and if we know anything you know there's a lot of talk about, like, well, Top Rank works with everyone. Yeah, they don't work with anyone that's not on their network, though. But Top Rank loves the in-house stuff. And um you that's can right. just look at Manny Pacquiao's run while he was with Top Rank to see that they love that.
3: Yeah,
2: like, you know, because what are you going to do with Harring? Every time in the past, he's tried to step up. And those are really big steps he lost. Yeah, Has I, he really I... changed? Did you see anything different in that fight? I, I didn't really see anything different. Um, we... He might be a bit more confident, but not yeah he's not not anything says he's changed that much
0: we can transition into talking about devin haney who scored a knockout this weekend i mean could devin haney beat jamel herring uh i don't know maybe does anybody think that devin haney has a shot i mean devin haney yeah. arguably is the best prospect in boxing does anyone have an alternate take to he's not to or to him being the best prospect in boxing
2: Well, this is, for me, this is what was weird about this weekend is that uh, with a guy like Haney, like his last Showtime fight, he did not look good. You know, and that was supposed to be a real uh, showcase post. last two. Yeah, he started to look like he was starting to to level off. And then he jumps over to the the zone with this big, you know, co-promotion deal. And the guy they put him up against was for him. Like the dude, he didn't keep his hands. His defense was like wide open for the kind of shots Haney likes to throw. No, there's, you would have to worry about that guy you know, blocking his shots at
0: all, really. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, when you knock a guy out like that, chances are um, he did not have himself in position to be defensive. But we got to talk about, like, Devin Haney arguably is the best prospect in boxing and is, t- to date, like, d- is he the best signing that Dazen has done?
2: I think so because he's, he's, he's got that, sorry to cut you off, but he's got that, uh, you know, his own... Uh, social media push and everything so it is but he was dating black now it's, he could just disappear though as well you know he could just vanish from public attention
3: you want to jump yeah in i next, mean or as bro? far as yeah no as far as like is he the best signing that to has made i think that's the question that's like going to be answered because he should be by all accounts he should be like young has a broad appeal uh is extremely talented obviously and so if they if he's with them for the next two years and advances to the world title scene and he does not develop a profile that's outside of subscribers of this of this streaming service i think that tells you something because it's pretty obvious to look at like the, the corollary of what he would be doing if he was on top rank right now or what he would be doing on like pbc undercards like it, the pathway is very clear I mean, you could look at Teofimo Lopez and Shakur Stevenson as perfect examples of that. Their pathway to becoming, like, not superstars in the cultural sense, but, like, boxing stars is very linear. And uh, I think it's really a test of whether, like, Dazone has the ability to make stars and that he's kind of, like, the first, uh, first trial runner, first well, guinea pig it, for it.
0: It's going to be interesting to see how they approach it because... Shakur Stevenson and Teofimo Lopez, um, specifically with Shakur Stevenson, like this is an Olympian, and whatever I-, I doubt this means a lot. Okay, I really do. I doubt it means a lot that he's a- an Olympian. I don't think he got the pull or 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 the amount of rec- recognition as an Olympian that maybe somebody um, who's the, the the skater guy who is the uh, the ice skater. He was on like the Wheaties box and stuff. That dude got super popular out of being in the Olympics. Um, I think Katie Nolan loves him. What's his name? Uh, I don't know. Anyway, um,
3: but <laughs> super famous. He, speed, he's, speed skater, or figure skater.
4: I, I
0: think uh, it's speed.
4: I don't think in boxing, uh, like yeah. being an Olympian in America, I don't think medaling means that much. I mean, we had Andre Ward who medaled, and I don't think that took him much further in his career aside from his accomplishments in like the super six or fighting kovalev um i like i like haney for the zone i guess as far as a signing but a lot of it's going to come down to what he does in the ring i mean this past weekend was like a terrific start for him but the, his few his few fights on showtime were i wasn't impressed and they haven't really sold me on haney to be honest like amongst all the young guys that are out right now what he did on showtime didn't really move me that much i mean i look at teofimo lopez he's crushing guys chris colbert is beating the dog the, I, I don't know if i could curse but beating the dog shit out of people okay so haney hasn't really moved me yet this past weekend was like a, a step in the right direction i seen bleacher report um put that up on their instagram which is nice but he needs to keep racking up wins and they have to be convincing and the more violence the better and like will that draw people into the zone who knows
0: well it's a little that's like interesting like can did, you're asking a lot from a 20 something year old early 20s what is he 21 now 22 you're asking a lot from a guy who's 22 years old to basically carry your brand and like i i totally agree with you that's the point i was getting getting at is like the olympics Maybe Clarissa Shield because she's you know obviously a female and her accomplishments far exceeded those of Shakur Stevenson and everyone else that came out of 2016 and even 2012. And um, what I think in Top Rank has figured this out and they're you, you see with, we'll talk about Rubisi Ramirez in, in a little while, but they signed these guys at the Olympics and they use the Olympics as a way to legitimize their prospects, to legitimize showing them early in their career. And so it builds like the acceptance from a viewer, but with Devin Haney fighting on, on, on in, and especially in a main event position, there's no Olympics there. And Haney hasn't like, he's really talented, but he's also not getting the kind of wins and the kind of, well, this is a, a step in the right direction, but he doesn't have a ton of wins where it's like, wow, this dude just destroyed, um you know, the guy who they put in the, in the ring with him. You know, so it's really tough for, for Haney and like, you know, we talked about Haney, like potentially changing boxing by just coming up and trying to promote himself, but um, he sold out to, to Dazin, and I'm sure they offered him enough money that it made it worth it. Um
2: And uh, just say so like the Olympics isn't as big a push as it is. It's, it's sort of like an echo in the boxing memory of when there was only three channels on TV, you know, Ray Leonard, everyone saw him fight because there was nothing else on TV, like uh, it's it's not as it's more people than boxing follow Olympic boxing and the general public doesn't really care as much.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you just think about it, how much Olympic boxing is there? I mean, there was boxing um, from seven a.m. to about eleven o'clock, and then from one to three or twelve or something to three. So it was like seven or eight hours of boxing every day for like two weeks during the Olympics. It's hard to get. It's easy to get lost in the shuffle of that. Um, if you're, you know, just Shakur Stevenson or somebody who's trying to make a name for themselves, and if the Olympics didn't mean that much, you know, where's Nico Hernandez? What, why hasn't he been signed yet? Stu, I I, I, I thought you have a line he here. The zone and then she went. Uh...
2: No, no, no. They hijacked one no, of the they,
0: shows. He they he hijacked Nico shows because Nico's he's the
1: local
0: that... star in Kansas.
2: Yeah, and now he's on uh, what uh, UFCs. Oh
0: yeah, that's UFC. right. He he, you know, his first few fights were shown on CBS Sports Network.
3: Um, Nico Hernandez is Zufa boxing.
0: There you go. <laughs> um, okay. I
4: think the I think the gimmick is more important than your your amateur status or or, or even meddling. I mean, like like look how top what top rank is doing with Tia who I I love <laughs> by the way. I mean, No, guy, I think if like, um,
3: the, the Olympics were in the United States and we had like an Olympic gold medalist, it might matter. But short of that, I don't think – I don't really see where the impact
0: could be. Do you think Wilder would impact? be as big as Joshua's in the UK if we had the Olympics here and Wilder would have been the one to win a gold medal?
3: Um, It's I possible. Think- I mean like like you made the point earlier, there's usually like – two or three people out of the Olympics that get like the storyline told about them. And it's not always the same sport or the same like events. It kind of just is whoever NBC picks as having like the best story. So if you're one of those people, I mean, there's no reason a boxer couldn't be like that, but I don't think, I don't think it would happen. I mean, yeah. While there's Olympics were in Beijing. So when
0: people say, were you going to say something, Lex?
4: I, I, I just think, Boxing in America, as an Olympic sport, it's not high enough on the totem pole. I mean, help me out here, but how many sports in America are we tracking over boxing? I'm pretty sure track and field. I'm pretty sure basketball.
0: During the Olympics?
4: Yes, in the Olympics.
0: So for sure track and field, swimming, gymnastics. Basketball. Yeah, for sure. Shout uh, uh, Shout out Spence Bundu. Correct. Rollins, what other well, ones do you think? Um
4: I mean, I, I think boxing would probably fall to like seventh, eighth, ninth, maybe even tenth. I it's, mean, we might even had, be lower. Right. I, I agree with you. We've had some amazing medalists in the past from boxing, but it's been a while. And and the ones that we have had recently, again, it's like Ward and Shakur, they haven't really resonated on like a Lloyd level, or even I, I mean, I, I honestly I don't think I put Ward above Errol. Quite honestly.
0: For sh- from from the Olympics? For sure. Just from a popularity and
4: boxing standpoint. Or Ward over Deontay. Deontay, sure, he bronze, but he's knocking people out left and right. Ward is like the perfect, like he's everything you'd ask for. And his pay-per-view versus Kovalev did what? 200K, if I remember correctly?
0: Uh, I think it was a little less than that. I think it was 175.
4: Yeah, so I mean the medal, I don't I don't think it, it translates the way you'd like for it to.
2: I mean, um, I agree with uh, it. Ward kind of shot himself in the foot with a lot of his yeah. career, though, too. So, like, he had a lot of heat coming off that, and then he got to the Super Six, and then it's sort of like he sort of stalled out his own run.
3: Took two and a half years off his own career right after he knocked out Chad Dawson. Like, his shoulder I that, was hurt. That played a big part of it.
4: But the Super Six performance was great. I mean, he. he yeah, but think about bad. how much
3: time passed between the Super Six and the first.
4: Like, no, it was like five and a half years. I, and that's true. That's totally, that's
1: definitely true.: I think also it's it's tough to judge how gold medalists influence it because the US have, has only had what what they've only had Andre Ward win a gold medal since '96, I think.
0: Since before that. So I'm he looking knows. at the list of Olympic sports, and I've counted I think uh, it was about 10 sports 32. that I think would be above uh, boxing. Diving, swimming, um, archery, basketball. Uh, cycling, fencing. Uh, shame to say it, but I think it would be. Gymnastics, um, rowing, uh, tennis, the triathlon, volleyball, all, all of the iterations of it, uh, weightlifting, and wrestling. I think those would all come before boxing. 100%. At anyway.
4: Least in this era. What? No, I'm sorry. I said in, in this era, maybe in the past, boxing would have ranked higher in the in the 80s, mid 90s, but now boxing is not high at all.
0: Um and, and one of the reasons for that may be a fight like Austin Trout versus Terrell Gache. No, I take that back. It wasn't a terrible fight. Um it just was a fight where Austin Trout for sure looked like he does not have it anymore. You see like like the fumes of a once good fighter are there, but it is not the same Austin Trout. I mean, this isn't even the same Austin Trout from, from um, when we last saw him. I think he, his last fight was with Jamel Charlo. It's, it's not even the same guy. It's not even close. Um, especially when Terrell Gachet feels like he got robbed at the end of a fight. Like, you know you were not good. Um, did anyone think that Terrell Gachet maybe has a future competing for a world title at 154?
2: Uh, well, the, since 154 is kind of open now with the way things have shaken out, he might he probably get a shot. But, yeah, definitely uh, Trout looked.
4: Yeah, I agree. I mean, and is the right, I'm sorry to cut you off. I, I was going to say he's in the right place for it. I mean, we all know PBC has a, a slew of um, 54s that he can go against, and Al doesn't seem scared to put a guy back in the mix after a loss. So he's got Lara, Cassano, Charlo. Her J-Rock, so I mean, Arrow jumps up, maybe Arrow. So there's a lot of guys there, so he'll have his chance. Oh, and I forgot Lubin, too, which could be a great fight.
0: Everyone forgets Lubin. Um, Willie Monroe? No, no, Willie Monroe is staying at 160. Um, I mean, unless, never mind. Uh, I was about to say something, probably crossing the line. Um, th- there's This fight was a little controversial, but I don't think enough people watched it to really warrant a discussion on it. Um, I think the the thing to talk about from this fight was how did Cordell Booker look? Um, we kind of talked about Cordell Booker last week, and I, I'm not high on him. I don't. I, I said last week, I believe I said that I didn't think he was very good, but he was pretty good in this fight. Now we could say Omotoso's wherever he's at, that's fine, but um, Cordell Booker looked like a like you know he reminded me of Sergey Derevianchenko, and like that's that may come off as like. Um, well, Derevianchenko is not that good, but Derevianchenko at this level looked pretty good. He didn't look unbeatable, but he looked like offensively a, a good enough fighter that is going to hit anybody who he's in the ring with. He like, he'll find the openings. The, the, the problem for him is, can he withstand the punishment he's going to have to take in order to dish out, um, his offense? Um, were you guys impressed with Cordell Booker? Uh, that actually was a not bad fight sort of like
2: in a, a background fight because Booker it was, was good hammering actually yeah that guy. <laughs> he was hammering him with some major shots like and then that was that was he was holding in there that nigerian guy like he was taking those shots pretty well it was all right yeah it, it, it's a good fight like i said it's now you're sort of you're ramping up now like i said we're only in the first year of like of this much boxing so you're going to see these guys come out. Now we're going to get a chance to see them getting shaken out and seeing where they land. Got to be rushed into some big fights, like uh, make a little bit of exposure or anything. You know, some of these guys' careers got to be built up. But, yeah, Booker's another good fighter. Good to see him get the win. You know, he was emotional because he had
4: another comeback type of story. I but- think Booker did the right thing. You know, you got these guys who are new to TV, and you want to impress. You want to put on a show. You want to do something that most people don't see every day on a boxing match and I think he did that this fight. I agree with you. The last fight I wasn't that impressed but from what I saw in this fight, he, I want to see him again. I'm not sure his level to be totally honest, but I want to see where he goes from here.
0: I would this say fight- right now in terms of level cuz that's a good way to put it like what is his level? Like what is Devin Haney's level? Could, and I want I want to jump back to Devin Haney a little bit. But um, in terms of level, like, I, I think at this point, Cordell Booker's level is at a minimum Terrell Gachet. Like, I think he could beat Terrell Gachet or at least be in a 50-50 fight. And right now for, for Booker, that's probably the right spot to be in. You know, he's not faced the greatest opposition so far. He's technically still being treated like a prospect. Um, I, I, a prospect who's basically a fight or two away from a world title shot. Um, that looked like his level, Terrell Gache, and coincidentally, that's probably going to be his next fight. Do you think that Booker could beat Gache? Mm. It's an interesting fight. I mean, I would, I would
4: love to see that fight.
0: Fred, what, what did you, what did you see from, from both those guys? You, do you think that Booker not only could he beat Gache, but then become one of the players at 154? And by the way. Based off of how the last six months or so have gone for PBC at 154, um, I, I find it hard to imagine you saying no here.
2: Yeah, of course, because uh, you know that that's especially what happened. 154 is now a great division for PBC because they went from having like a supposed showdown between Charlo and Hurd into now it's open, it's wide open, and they got a ton of fighters, that, a lot of fights they can make. You know, so, so, uh, yeah, Booker good if he you know, hits Gaucher with those shots. You know, that could be an interesting fight. And that's it. Gaucher, yeah, I think he won that trout fight. That's again, draw, draw seems to be if you're betting, just keep hammering the draw.
0: Yeah, I don't, I didn't but, see a
2: draw there. I didn't either, but you know, it, but I saw how you was really to the draw.
0: It was definitely for me, it was one of those fights like where I'm, I was, as I was watching it, I'm like, just, in the same way with the Charlo and um, Harrison fight, where I was like, I could see the judges not seeing it the way I do. I can see them yeah. getting to um, uh, well with the Harrison fight, scoring it for Harrison, and with this one, scoring it for for Trout or a uh, draw. Sorry, um,
2: it was more about how uh, how old Trout's looking than that he really got beat. You know, he didn't get definitively beat. He was in the fight.
0: The Trout he's just, not what he was. I mean, Trout looks like a wounded animal in there. Um, Erickson Lubin, who just basically retired Ishe Smith. Um, If they give him Austin Trout, like, man, poor Trout. Um, Let's move on. We had a new signing. We talked about the Olympics. Um, Robisi Ramirez. He was signed by Top Rank. And uh, Stu, do you have anything to say about this? I think it's interesting because Ramirez is obviously an
1: unbelievably talented boxer. You don't win two gold medals without having unreal talent.
0: but uh, Are you sure? Because like, Zushi Ming won like three. Is three no, like Ming a number won. where you're what? actually not that didn't,
1: talented? Didn't Zushi Ming only win one? Did he win two? Don't everybody believe in Google? <laughs> but, you know, he's he's obviously a talent, but he did win two, actually. Sorry. But... Shout out Zushi Ramirez Ming. Is more ta- Ramirez is more talented than chiming Ming. But the storyline about... Ramirez's career has always just been, he's lazy as fuck. Between Olympics, he used to gain a whole lot of weight and he used to do not much training. He would turn up to events and he would look really disappointing. So, and I just think that you can't get away with that in the professionals I think you can get away with that level of laziness and still be a top, top guy in the pros. And even, re- even like recently, you see... Even though he's just signed pro he, you know he's he's not looked in great shape from you know videos and Instagram and all that, which might not be the best source, but he's looked a bit fat and he just seems nothing seems to point to him having the work work ethic to be a top guy in the pro game here
4: here's my question with Ramirez. I'm always thinking about the long distance game, and I want to know did top rank sign him to really bring him along and make him no. You already know where I'm going with this. I know like where you're a going with this pro, or did they just get him to eventually have Shakur scalp him?
0: So this is, is so you asked a really interesting question to me um this week, which I'll repeat, which was basically something along the lines of like, what is the between the different um promoters and entities, whatever we want to call PVc, um what is the difference in their approach for how they sign guys, you know, top rank? has signed a slew of Olympians. Um, Matchroom has signed basically anyone who um, just was not good enough for the other guys. And then PBC somehow just randomly, these guys pop up on their cards and there's real really no if or explanation for how they show up. Um, so specifically though, it's really clear top ranks approach and you guys may disagree with this for, um, or you guys may ha- want to expand on this. It looks like Top Rank's idea is they want to use, and I mentioned this earlier, they want to use the legitimacy that the Olympics provides. So they sign guys from the Olympics in order to justify, justify them, and to like validate them in the audience's um, um, mind by saying this guy fought in the Olympics or he's a gold medalist or whatever the case. And you see it with um, Michael Conlon. You see it with Shakur Stevenson. They signed Fazladin, Gabe Nazarov. They, fi- they signed all these dudes from the Olympics. Okay? And now Rubisi Ramirez. And it's interesting because th- th- this is a real telegraph move. Because Michael Conlon got popular for what? For flipping off cameras. Yeah. yeah. Real mature. Um, but who was he fighting? He got robbed. He was fighting Vladimir Nidikin. Well, Top Rank signs them and now they're signed to fight each other. Which is hot shotting that fight, by the way. Way to build that up, Top Rank. Um But now you see them find fighting Rubisi Ramirez. You saw that they put on Lobachenko versus Rigondo, which was a pathetic mismatch no matter how you wanna um no matter how you want to do it. And Stu's typing in the chat they needed to hotshot it. I know, I made this point last week. <laughs> except you're wrong. Stu's saying that the Russian guy, Vladimir Nidikin, was the one that was going to lose. Con
1: them. Either of them could have lost. They both
0: fucking All said, right, fine. Cares? Handshake. Handshake on that one. Um, either guy could have lost at any point. So it was, they had no choice but to make that fight. Um, but that's what it seems like the approach is, for, at least for them. Um, and, and with Robisi, it's it's really... Uh, also, I have a shout-out Robson Contesel, who stumbled his way into a gold medal. Um Rubisi's being set up to build the fight with a built-in storyline because, as Lex said earlier, they Top Rank's good at the storylines, as HBO was as well. Shout out HBO, RIP. Um, but Top Rank wants the storylines. Well, what better storyline is there than the guy who already beat you?
2: Yeah, Top Rank, if anyone's good at selling the Olympics still, it's Top Rank. They've had you know, the history.
0: Oh, yeah, sure. They had Oscar. They had Floyd. They had Ray Leonard. Who else do they have? You didn't have
2: Ray Leonard Ray, He was independent. Come on.
0: Man, do I look like I'm um, over the age of 50? You should know that, son. How, I mean, I don't even know when Ray Leonard made his debut. Like, This is stuff I have to Google. That This is not committed into short-term memory.
2: Somewhere in the 70s.
4: I think Top Rank benefits from having a way different kind of fan base than PBC or DAZN. I think
0: Oh, top, Oh, speak on this.
4: Yeah, Top Rank is really tapped into a... A older and more "quote unquote" traditional boxing fan, in my opinion. So, like signing a Olympic, you know, like high profile Olympian is like it's good for their fans. I don't know if the people who watch PBC or Zone will care as much, honestly.
1: Wait, people watch DAZN.
4: <laughs> nah, wait. I didn't say that people don't watch. But I, I yeah, Stu, I you said that. Idea. I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. What I meant is the people who watch the zone, and from what I'm seeing, based on their marketing, they're trying to target younger people. You know, a lot of their marketing is coming from social media. They're doing a lot of stuff with rappers. They, a lot of their stuff they've connected with Bleacher Report, and I'm not. I don't see Top Rank doing that kind of stuff.
3: So, you mean the people that told Floyd to smile more, I wasn't getting. Old. Are uh, not down with that uh, marketing approach? I'm shocked. Exactly. Yeah, no. To a certain extent, I agree. Um, and I mean, I, especially with the front-facing of ESPN, I think it's kind of natural to like make the is a casual is it, audience that yes. you're attracting.
0: Yes, like uh, it's uh, an easier way to sell. Yeah. Do Do you think that they're maybe top rank? And look, I think this would be a terrible idea, and I don't necessarily think it is, but for the sake of conversation, do you think that maybe they're trying to target the quote-unquote boxing purists? I mean, they have um, Vasily Lomachenko and and Terrence Crawford, who are pr- probably number one and number two pound for pound, um, but Crawford number one, Lomachenko two. Um, do you think that that is potentially what they're out to accomplish?
2: that's what it seems. Like, I could have this completely wrong, but for me personally, the three big groups, I think the zone looks like they just want the HBO crowd.
0: But do, don't you think the HBO, card their... has, HBO crowd has gone to top rank?
2: Well, but I'm saying this, but I'm just saying what they're trying to do. I'm not saying whether they're successful at
0: it. Sure. We'll get the to that the... go, go on with what you're saying.
2: Yeah. I'm talking about the effort being put in. Top rank looks like they're using their traditional formula open, like, who Bob cares about. He cares about the the Mexicans, Puerto Ricans, and then the traditional Uh, white audience, essentially, you know. Okay. Like, he, he well, yeah, but that's who uh, Bob's always targeted, his his. uh, I'm not denying
0: it. I I just thought you were going to say something problematic, Uh, but I'm good. No, that's
2: only in chat. (laughs) (laughs) No, and then, to me, Fox is the only one sort of looking if we would say the urban they're not, crowd or they're the professionals. new They've
4: been caught up doing some scandalous
0: shit too many times for us to get the hey, key. Where did that come from? Whatever Snack is doing isn't right. Young fighters are- <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> but my phone my phone was ringing and if you have a Mac, it's connected. So when I hit decline call, it just hit play on the video and I was obviously uh, watching a Jamal Charlo video. Um, I thought you were
1: going to say you were getting a call and you had Jamal Charlo with your ringtone. <laughs>
0: Oh my god, that was funny. Uh, go on, Fred.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that threw me off. Let you make a point. But uh, yeah, Fox seems to be looking for something new. They're the only ones that seem to be trying to put a new spin on things. Like uh, that's why, especially like if you look over the weekend when they had Tony Harrison in there, some people don't like Ray Mancini or they don't like their broadcast. Team. Yeah, th- there's I've, a
0: lot of hate for this.
2: They're doing the best job. And they're getting the best uh, sort of atmosphere for fighters to become part of it, because they're really non-traditional. They're really loose. They let guys argue with, between each other, and like in a fun way. Like Tony Harrison and Mancini are sitting there bickering during the fight. Like I don't need, I don't need Jim Lapley to call a fight for me. To sit there and tell me what's happening, in the action in the ring. I can sit there and watch it. Like I, I'm not one of those people that oh, I need the color guy saying throw the punch. It's pretty evident what's going on there. I'd rather have those guys sit there and just shoot the shit during a fight. And I think, you know, that's why I like what Fox is doing, you know. I think yeah, just, you see the three sort of different uh marketing for these companies.
4: Yeah, I was gonna say I'm I'm in on the Fox crew. You know, it's it's obviously not your HBO or Showtime, glamours and Glitz, but I think they do a good job of just like you said making it really the casual almost but not too casual um i like mancini i like that they bring in boxes. and i think
0: i hate mancini he, so we're about we're about like the that, to war right now
4: he's like that crazy old uncle who's like really ridiculous but you still have a lot of love for him. and and not in a teddy atlas type of way who's way too much but i think their crew is there to connect with your more mainstream sports fan Who's not really into boxing. That's what top rank is amazing at. Your mainstream sports fan who's still a little bit into boxing. I think Fox is trying to expand past that. And, you know, based on the numbers, it seems like they've achieved so far.
0: I, I This broadcast specifically had a lot of talk on Twitter. And um, if you didn't watch it, like, go watch one of the fights. Specific, like, you can go back and watch if you didn't watch the broadcast. Not even for the fight, although the Gache uh, Trout fight was pretty good, but the um, the commentary was off the rails. And Fred said, "Loose." That was basically you. Legitimately got as close to three dudes in a boxing chat um, talking on commentary. It was like they were arguing with each other. They were like, but not like you know they were gonna come to blows because obviously you know. Tony Harrison don't want that smoke. Ray Mancini's already killed a man in the ring. Um, they were just bickering back and forth about the differences in opinions on how they saw the fight going. You know, Mancini was coming out with, you know, the, the stuff that I find just disgusting. Things like, well, you know, you got to come forward if you want to get points. And Tony Harrison was just basically saying like, no, you don't. And it's people like you that kind of mess things up for, for the viewer because you'd say it's one way, but that's not the only way you can win a fight. And so you had this bickering, which you don't ever hear, you know, broadcasts specifically are always like, you got the straight play-by-play guy, you got the analyst who's the ex-boxer who's going to give you a little bit of insight, and then you have maybe a color guy who's going to like, oh, you know, do his Al Bernstein and provide some insight, or Max Kellerman, but that's not the case, what they were rolling with here. Um... You know Tony Harrison really took on the role of like playing off of Ray Mancini, and like th- these two guys show like it was like um, the barbershop scene in Coming to America. Like these two, they were just two guys bickering about boxing. And uh, that,
2: well, that was good. Like I said, Tony Harrison. Like you know, everyone sort of makes fun of Ray Leonard because he's not that good on commentary. To the fact, that now they they were sort of replaced him with Sergio. And he's and a Norris.
4: fucking cornball.
2: Yeah, but that's it. It's like a lot of guys aren't comfortable talking about boxing. But then you, you, the way Fox was set up, they dropped Harrison in. And now, you know, that's it. If you watched it, well, you get a glimpse of what Tony Harrison's like for a guy who's not really, you know, been on a big scene as far as, like, who he is. Like, yeah. no one really sort of knows who he is. And I think, that, I think that's why I think Fox is great. Because a lot of times, especially in boxing forums, would shape people's opinion to the point where they would only repeat what HBO said. This is how you win fights, you know? And so I think when Mancini and Harrison are going back and forth, it's good.
0: I mean, yeah, I I think it was interesting. And and you know what? You're right. You know, I'm watching this thing and at the beginning, I'm like, I'm not that big of a fan of Tony Harrison. I I wasn't a fan of Tony Harrison after he lost because I like, I, I was high on Harrison as a prospect and then he loses. I'm like, dude, what, I'm, I'm not going to back you. you. You just look like you don't have it. And so, but hearing him on this broadcast, like the dude is, the best sports show on TV that features, you know, ex-players talking is inside the NBA. And the reason why it's so good is because it has like these guys, they disagree and they are not afraid to just create that conflict and have the debate but not in a first take kind of way where they're yelling at each other but it's like no i disagree like that's it's it's the kind of disagreement you have with your friend but not like you're gonna come to blows over it it's really like no man that's not how it is come on and that's what we had on this broadcast where tony harrison and ray manzini were disagreeing but like in a way um that wasn't fabricated you know it was the interesting kind of conflict that you that that you have on broadcasts, and I think it helped because I started to like like Tony Harrison because I was like, he's right, dude. Braytonson's a freaking idiot, which I agree with. Um, yeah,
3: I'll just uh, throw in for all the people that hated it. Uh, it was very different, so I see why people like get upset by it. Like, I personally am someone that thought that <laughs> thought that the uh, <laughs> the Earl Spence pay per view was like hilarious, uh, and I know people really hated that too. So. There are a certain segment of boxing fans that just want. And that's fine, I guess. But there's certainly a large segment of them. I'll, I'll give it that.
0: Um, you guys want to move on? You always want to talk about Gary Russell Jr.? Let's talk about Gary Russell Jr. This guy met with Eddie Hearn. Now, there's two sides to this. Gary Russell Jr., who asserts he's a free agent, leaving PBC, would it be a good move? Would it be a bad move? I mean, first off, if Gary Russell was going to leave PBC, if he was going to do it, even though there are two big fights on the PBC side of things for him in Leo Santa Cruz and Javante um, Davis. Why would he pick Dazen? Does anyone have any reason why he would pick Dazen? Because he
2: wants to beat up on UK dudes that no one's ever heard of.
0: Stu, so you going to take that?
1: Well, I, I would have heard of them, but doesn't make their make them good.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, Gary Russell's an interesting thing because, you know, I think we remember the days when people would mock him as being overly protected by Al. Then they blame it on Al Heyman, you know, the, the Gary Russell versus TBA days and all that. But now Gary Russell's taking his position that Al Heyman's the guy holding them back. It's, it's just weird.
0: Well, he held also held his own career back. And Gary also, Russell what? is the guy who's also fighting once a year and is cool with that. Yeah, and then but now he's trying to say, well, no, that's what I didn't
2: want. These guys don't fight me. It's, it's I, know, he, I think it's pretty evident if you look over the length of his career that Gary Russell's the guy who's been holding Gary Russell back.
3: I mean, if you're looking for a reason to sign with Dazen, it's going to be that like Danny Jacobs is getting paid eight million for his next fight against TBA, and right. Kevin Farmer is getting paid like two million against John O'Carroll and stuff like. Are they that that really?
1: Gary Russell saw Jesse Vargas getting paid two mil like he fucking hell. I've got to get in on that.
0: But it's <laughs> hilarious because remember when people were talking about Gary Russell getting paid all this money to fight nobodies? Al Heyman oh, was, yeah, his, was was ruining boxing because he was paying Gary Russell too much to fight nobodies.
3: Yeah, but but zone are building a platform. Those are different.
0: Oh, oh, is that <laughs> that that? Oh yeah, PBC is different. Yeah, that's it's the a official platform. line. Okay, got it, got it. Um, why would this be a bad move? I mean, first of all, I think, let's get this out of the way at the beginning. It's a bad move because Gary Russell Jr. is the one making it. And he's basically like the 126-pound version of Demetrius Andrade, where um, if he's doing something, chances are it's probably a bad idea.
4: Yeah, you got to wonder what's going through Gary's mind right now. I mean, I don't know if everyone saw it, but immediately after the fight, um, Abner called him out. Santa Cruz called him out. Tank seems to want to kick his ass. You saying that on Twitter. So all the fights are there as long as, you know, the behind-the-scenes stuff can happen. So I don't know if, if Eddie Hearn is putting up a shitload of money again, or is it just Gary Russell Jr. just making another bonehead decision? I don't know.
3: I mean, we mentioned this uh, before, but it, there's also the possibility that, I mean, he put on the T-shirt after the fight to, like, make this public statement. And now he's all high-profile, sitting in front row with Eddie Hurd. It's like another public statement. So, I mean, part of it could be just like a power play on his part to try to get whatever it is he wants. And we're not sure what that is yet, whether that's he's trying to put pressure on Al, if he thinks that's who's holding him back or whatever. Like, it might not actually make sense, but in his mind, that might be what he's doing, just trying to use whatever leverage he can.
4: I, I have a question for the group, whoever wants to answer. What would be the best fight that Gary could get
0: at the zone. Ryan Garcia. Mike job.
2: <laughs> they wouldn't put him in with Garcia. They want Garcia to face Amy.
0: No. I mean also Gary Russell would probably stop him in the first round. Like legitimately. Yeah, well, that's that's not even deep, deep me carpet. trying to meme here. Ryan Garcia isn't good. Gary Russell Jr. I is mean, a legitimate world level fighter.
3: The fight that they'd probably pay him the most for would be building up a fight with Farmer, but I mean, objectively, that's not a big fight, but Desmond might pay big money for it. I don't really know what their business model is right now. I
0: mean, look, I'm curious about um, how you build that fight. That seems very odd to me. I mean, Eddie Hearn's
3: real big on, like, the regional rivalries.
0: Oh, oh, so we're going to have Maryland versus Philadelphia? I guess so, man. Why not? I I
4: don't get what either of those fights do for... Gary Russell Jr. I mean, you're saying Ryan Garcia. If he beats Ryan Garcia, he just beats up a young guy who didn't get a chance to develop. And he beats up Tevin. And I could already see everyone saying Tevin was never that good to begin with. He was overhyped. Which is true. So on and so forth. So I don't... Again, I don't... I just don't get it. I I don't know if he's bridge Eddie Hearn for Al, but I I don't get it.
0: I don't think that that's true, though. I think that if... Gary Russell went to Dazen and he, let's say he got a win over um, Ryan Garcia and Tevin Farmer. I think that people would change their tune as we see with guys who go to the other side. I mean, PBC, whether they want to or not, is the heel of boxing, at least in terms of the diehards, the hardcores. You know, I, I don't think a casual fan may see it that way, but for. Us, you know, in, in, the, in the circles that we run in. And if you're listening to this, you're probably running in these same circles. PBC is probably seen as the villain in boxing. And whether that's right or wrong, who cares? Um, I think that would be the popular opinion. And I think that if Gary Russell left, he would turn face. I mean, it, we can look up the comments about Jamal Herring back when he was at PBC. When he was fighting on those bounce cards. And people were talking a whole bunch of mess about those bounce cards and about how nobody watched that fight when he fought Dennis Shafikov on Fourth of July weekend, uh, what was it, 2015? You know, I think it would be it'd be a face turn just like we're seeing with um with Jamal Herring at the moment.
4: But is that a win for? Was that really a win for? I mean, so Gary Russell gets paid a lot of money, so I guess for him, does the zone get viewership off Gary Russell? I don't see that. And mm-hmm. does Gary Russell get... Like, sure, he'll get the respect from, like, the hardcore fans who dislike PBC, but how much clout does he get for beating Ryan Garcia and Tevin Farmer?
0: Well, I mean, the Ryan Garcia one is kind of a joke, but I I see what you're getting at. I mean, you also have to consider, though,
3: that zone thinks that they're going to sign every guy that's with PBC, basically. So, as they, as if one of them goes over in their minds or at least their sales pitch to him will be there's no reason we still can't make the tank fight there's no reason we still can't get the leo santa cruz fight it's just that they're trying to convince him to make the fight on the zone if we're being honest that's that's what their sales pitch is to him
4: that's a good point that is that's true and that makes sense
0: would they be willing to and so this this is the question for golden boy and um i guess Matchroom. i guess Matchroom. but would they be willing to put devin haney or Um, Ryan Garcia in the ring with uh, with Gary Russell. By the way, we're talking about Gary Russell like he doesn't fight at 126. These guys are not in his division. He says he can move up, but like, I don't know. I, I really don't like to take the stance of guys like already moving up because there's a good chance that they don't. Yeah, yeah,
2: he'd, yeah, I think he move up that's... against them, but against know, anyone competitive. I think really I think we already talked about this. It's money, and that's that's the only reason he's going for it. People are throwing money around at boxers and that's all Russell's doing. He's trying to fight his marketplace. He always did make good money with, you know, BBC. Yeah. So he's you know, he always had a smart you know, he's got a good head on his shoulders. So he's just looking to see what he can get.
0: Well, when the guy understands that he only needs to fight once a year and get paid enough for the whole year. Uh yeah, we're dealing with somebody who's shrewd and smart when it comes to his money. Um,
4: now here, wait. Here's something I I literally just thought about this. Does Gary Russell go to the zone because he doesn't like his chances versus Leo Santa Cruz? Now I'm not saying I feel that way, but it's something to consider.
0: I would disagree with that. I if I'm Gary Russell Jr. and I watch Santa Cruz already lose once, and look, I I think fighters are way smarter than people give them credit for. But I think he looks at that fight and he says, there's no way I could lose to Santa Cruz. And obviously Santa Cruz probably feels the same way, but I I think Gary Russell in his mind knows that he could beat Santa Cruz. And if they don't make that fight, then that's the justification for maybe for him of like, oh, well, they're trying to hold me back. They don't want me to beat Santa Cruz. When I I think I said this last week, but I, I think more the reality is more... Along the lines of, there's no reason to put him in a Santa Cruz fight. Just like if he went over to Dazen, and we've seen this happen with Dazen, and we've seen it happen with the Wilder negotiations, where we don't want you to come over and your first fight is a big fight. Tyson Fury's first fight with ESPN is not against Deontay Wilder or any of the other top heavyweights. It's about building, and boxing has always been about building And whether he fights with PBC, whether he fights on ESPN, whether he fights with Dazen, Gary Russell will not get a big fight in his next fight. I think actually, unless it's with PBC, because they have the wherewithal to actually build that fight with Santa Cruz in a way that ESPN, which has not shown it thus far, and Dazen for sure has not shown it. And so if he were to sign over there with them, and I think one of you might have already said this he's going to fight a bunch of um, tune-up fights and then we'll have to wait and he'll have to wait. Same with ESPN. ESPN does not like to rush into things unless they know you're going to lose at some point. Shout out Michael Collin.
3: Yeah. I mean, at least ESPN has the roster in his division to make it worth his while. I mean, if he goes over to ESPN, he has a tune up fight or whatever. And then they stick him in there with Oscar Valdez. And then after that, uh, like, I mean, Carl Frampton's still hanging around. Uh, they could eventually build to a Shakur fight. Like, there's a, lot, there's a lot more actual options that are in his weight class.
0: And, and then also the if he moves up. Warrington as well. Oh, that's right. Warrington and, and Russell is, like, the best fight to make at featherweight, by the way. Outside of Warrington versus Santa Cruz, which would be nuts. Um, here's another question. If you're Gary Russell, rank the options... From like the best to worst.
3: Well, right. I mean, I, just speaking personally, I would say PBC one, ESPN two to zone three. And that's, I mean, money neutral, obviously. But I mean, in all honesty, if we're speaking about fights to make, I would put ESPN and top rank very on a very even playing field with PBC. But something that uh, we had mentioned talking about this prior. Uh, the fact that Gary Russell's entire family basically fights on PBC and uh, particularly, like, I think has gotten a lot of support from them uh, might really be the, the kicker to to kind of put PBC over the top.
0: Yeah, I mean, all the Gary Russell's and I'm not even sure how many there are, but there are several. Um, all of them have gotten an opportunity to to fight on PBC They've been featured on big undercards. They've been on TV. Um, that has to count for something if you're Gary Russell. who And especially, I think we heard that one of the reasons why Gary Russell doesn't really care to fight is because he's way more invested in the careers of his siblings or family members. I don't, I don't know. Clones, maybe. Um, he's more invested in their careers than he is even in his own. And you look at what PBC's done for them, and maybe that's one factor that they have over everyone else. You know, maybe Gary Russell is doing this for his brothers to negotiate for all of them. It could be. Um, the question is, does Gary Russell have that kind of pull where he could, you know, pull this move? I don't know. Do, do you think Eddie Hearn is that good of a salesman that he could uh, pry Gary Russell away?
4: I am I, I don't know. I mean, I think it'll just come down to the money. If Eddie Hearn puts up a, just a stupid offer that you'd be stupid to say no to, then it happens. But... If I'm in Gary Russell's shoes, I want Leo Santa Cruz on Fox. And if if Al cannot make that, then maybe the Eddie Hearn offer becomes real. But just Leo Santa Cruz on Fox seems really big to me. Is there any
0: reason for that not to happen? Well,
3: I think, and we've talked about it before, I think the main reason for it not happening would be either Leo, Leo's dad, or Al just not – thinking that it's worth giving him the shot giving Gary the shine because I mean he fights once a year and he d- he puts so little into it
0: we're walking a fine line here that I think every promoter every network everyone's got to think about is like is it worth the loss what does Leo Santa Cruz gain from a win over Gary Russell and does is is it is it a, a net gain over losing I think is what, what I mean to say like is you know, the
3: risk worth the reward, is what you're saying?
0: Yeah. Is it worth the reward? I, mean, I think that's the
3: only reason that we wouldn't see it happen. I mean, I, I can't really. I mean, it's just some stupid mo- monetary thing behind the scenes. What,
0: what's,
4: what's the best that could happen for Leo? I mean, let's link it a little bit for Leo here, too, because he was calling out Tank, which seems absolutely crazy to me. Leo? But, yeah.
3: yeah. Well,
4: uh, yeah, I read that,
3: too. I read that. But I think the question is, is, like, I mean, Tank, I think, is unquestionably a bigger a bigger deal right now than Russell, and so that's kind of the calculus that you're running is, like, what's the risk of losing versus the, like, payoff for it or reward, you win or lose, and it might it might get to the point, yeah, where it's more worth, like, cashing your chip out at the end of kind of your prime or whatever you're going to do on Tank than risking, like, the slip-up on Gary Russell, and then you kind of just... Don't
4: ever get Leo, that high-profile fight. Does, does Leo make more money versus Tank or versus Gary? I feel like versus Gary, he could pull some A-side, you got to come to LA kind of shit. Versus Tank, I'm not sure he can do that. And, and for those of you who didn't know about Leo calling out Tank, I think it was on a Fight Hype interview maybe a month ago, a month or
0: two ago. That's a, a really good question of where is there more money for, for Leo? I, I got to think that, there's more money in the Javante Davis fight. Javante Davis legitimately, okay, can legitimately be become one of the biggest draws in boxing. I don't know that he could be like a pay-per-view star, but like Terence Crawford is not a pay-per-view star, but he's also one of the biggest draws in boxing. Um, the 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 room at the top of the, the mountain is very small, and I don't think Javante Davis gets to the top of the mountain like Canelo is going to be there for a long time. Well, actually, I don't know. Canelo's fighting on days in. There's, there's. I, I think that if you fight on Dazen, you don't get to be on the mountain because your stuff is locked in. You're not be- betting on yourself. But I think Javante Davis is going to bring a lot of money. I mean, people, whether you, you want to admit it or not, I mean, Javante Davis was able to sell out a fight with Abner Mars in LA. You know, could could Leo Santa Cruz do that against Gary Russell Jr.? I don't think so. I don't think that fight sells out here. But Javante, For sure. I think You're they said that. you don't out. think
3: they could sell out StubHub?
0: Yeah. For sure they'll sell out StubHub. I I think That's, they, about, that's okay. They they a Javante Davis fight does about 14,000 tickets in Staples Center.
3: Yeah.
0: I mean, that's what Mikey and uh Robert Easter Jr. did. So, you got to think that they they might even do more. Santa Cruz is a big draw here in LA. Now the question is: Would Javante Davis want to come to LA? The answer is absolutely. Javante Davis will come to your living room and he will throw down with you. Look at his Twitter; he does not care. Also, <laughs> shout out Liam Walsh.
4: Big shout to Liam Walsh.
0: That is, is, is he is he uh still eating? Never mind. Um. Anyway, so he's yeah, East Back Boggs and brother. <sighs> he had to take a long break, he had to remember his name. Yeah. Um. Let's get some predictions i'll start from from the top lex where do you think gary russell jr's next fight will be and i don't mean location what network is it on i think he sticks with pbc
4: i think he was leveraging eddie to get a bigger offer from al bigger money from al better dates from al the fights he wants from al um i just don't see why the makes sense for him i think he stays and the leo fight happens next or the abner fight happens next
3: rollins uh, yeah no I tend to I tend to agree um, it's really hard to know because I mean all the information that would that would like lead to an actual educated guess is not available to us but I tend to think it makes the most sense to stick with PBC The real question for me is what year does it take place in
0: It's available to Kobe Bean um, Fred, what's your prediction? Where is Gary Russell Jr's next fight what network?
2: I don't know how am I supposed to know that?
0: You know, he, he might Always with the to, predictions.
2: To zone if he can get some kind of deal with his brothers or something, but it makes more sense for him to stay in PBC. This could be him just wanting to make some noise and say, yeah, okay, I'll fight twice in a year or something. <laughs> he know. wants to feel yeah. the love. <laughs> so they'll probably make a bid to keep him, but they're not going to go crazy for him. I think they got too many options.
0: And Stu.
1: I, I think it's, he's got to stay with PBC as well. Because, you know... In terms of Daisen, like Daisen fighters do two things: they fight often and they fight bums, and that's the two things that are the exact opposite of what Gary Russell seems to want to do. So I just it just makes no sense, and I think of course, of course they can come up with a big offer, but why the fuck
0: would they be paying that for Gary Russell? Do you think that maybe he feels like, damn, I've like he's just had this like moment of clarity where he's like, I've wasted my whole career fighting mostly guys that really aren't good and i only fight once a year like i am wasting my prime and like i i was critical last week of him and i thought his performance was pretty underwhelming i know a lot of people thought gary russell looked great but i i was immediately on that like nah this this is not gary russell that we um have seen in the past this is a diminished version of him um if i make a
2: yeah, that could be it for sure like he could be more of his own here's the <laughs> he's getting old
0: um I he I wants to make him. I will actually say that his next fight is going to be on Showtime and the reason why is I don't think Fox would want to air a Gary Russell fight I know that they're at the 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 whim of Al Heyman and Al Heyman just like with top rank they these are these guys are the boxing experts so they're the ones who are in charge of making the the, the fights you know h this is the days of HBO the network actually being able to choose the fights is over because you know these networks now that are showing boxing the majority of boxing in America um they're not experts in that you know HBO Showtime those guys are experts and I think Fox probably won't be that interested in a fight with Gary Russell unless he fights Leo Santa Cruz but if he fights anybody other than Leo Santa Cruz even if that fighter is Abner Mares I still think that might wind up on Showtime and i think steven espinoza might have a soft spot for gary russell you know he remembers all the, the you know the 280 38, 000 people that watched gary russell's last fight um let's move on to dillian white versus oscar rivas this fight is going to be on pay-per-view british fans how do you guys feel about paying having to pay for this on pay-per-view and we in america are going to get this basically for 20 bucks like how do you guys feel about that uh, assuming that Dazin gets it, you know, they may not shout out, um, Showtime who swooped in last time and got the, the white Rivas fight. And since this is on sky box office, this means that this very well could wind up not being on days here in America. Um, and if Dillian white is angling for that fight with Deontay Wilder, by the way, does it make sense for you to want to fight on Showtime?
1: Well, his uh, his last fight was in Showtime. The white, just
0: are a two. I know. For the I years. just, yes, I know. No, it's, you, you didn't say that. that. I just did. I you just said that. You I... misspoke when you said it. All right, I misspoke. Thanks thanks for for cl- clearing that up. But yeah, his last yeah, fight we'll was on showtime. It
1: but it was on showtime and I, I I I really I really don't know any of the plan with anything Eddie Hearn does in terms of British fights right now. I don't know if I presume it'll be on days but you know, I wouldn't be surprised if I was wrong there. But really like he just what well, the way he's been selling his British cards right now has been really I don't want to say erratic but a bit strange well
0: because he just doesn't care anymore. it's, yeah, it's hard see, to we, care when you have this whole like wide world in America and also hard to care when you when you try to feature a guy like Jordan Gill and it turns out he's just gonna crap his pants and lose
2: if you see how much money he's making off the, the zone in America. That's why he doesn't care about the U.S. anymore. Showing Kevin
0: Farmer fights. Um, do you think Dillian White should get a Wilder fight? Is or is this just something like British boxing uh, Twitter is on about? Like, does Dillian White actually this, deserve that fight? I don't. Yeah, maybe, but
2: I'm I'm getting a little annoyed now by these UK heavyweights. I'll say that. Why? Because they're acting like they're in the UK. You know, and they're the guys that everyone has to come to see, and no one cares in the U.S. about them. Now they're all in the U.S. now, and they're still talking like people care about their U.K. fights, and no one in the U.S. You know, that, that's the only thing that annoys me is that Dillian White's talking big and furious. He's talking big, but then he goes and signs the ESPN. It's like, come on, guys, get over it.
4: I, I like the White fight, but at the same time, I don't like it as like a barometer. Like, at this point, while has. Past like needing to have like face at-, at this point, Wilder should only be fighting Joshua or Fury. If it's neither of those two, he doesn't need these little like hurdles to jump over to prove to anyone. He's proved everything he has to. So has Joshua. So is Fury. So like at some point, we should get the white fight, but it doesn't need to happen ASAP. Like a lot of the folks from the UK are trying to speak into existence. It- it's-, it's not going to be the mandatory. Let's get it down the line. Right now, let's focus on Fury, Joshua, and if not that, let PBC get their Kownacki or Ortiz part two in.
0: Well, I feel like Wilder's in a similar position to Crawford is in where Crawford really is at that point where if he's not fighting Spence or Thurman... Um, we should not talk about him like he has to fight these other guys, and nobody does. You know, nobody says he has to fight Kaval or previously Kavoloskis because he was undefeated and hadn't been beaten. Nobody's talking about him needing to fight Carlos Adamas or any of these other welterweights out there. That like, he- if he fights them, fine. But nobody's saying that there's like an obligation for him to prove himself against those guys. Whereas Wilder, people still treat him like he's unproven against anyone. It's like no, he's beaten some guys that. Not only just have a name, but also have some wins that are pretty, pretty decent. He does not need to fight a Dillian White to prove he's ready for Joshua. And and I think that's really what it comes down to. And people aren't really speaking about it is like this need to want Joshua to act, or sorry, not Joshua, but Wilder, to to get some sort of win that validates him. He's clearly one of the three best heavyweights in the world. There's no doubt about it. I think also,
1: just in terms of selling a fight in the U.S., the Ortiz fight is just better there. You know, the Ortiz rematch just sells a better in the U.S. in a white fight as much as white does sell pay-per-view in Britain. But, like, why the fuck will they care about Britain? Um, so That's a strong the, point. The, the Ortiz fight just makes more sense. You know, the only way white gets his fight now, I think, is... If he if he fights a final eliminator for the mandatory, if he corners him in and, an alley, yeah, corners him in yeah. an alley via the WBC. Well, if you like, look think...
3: at the, if you look at the three fights that are like that we're talking about, basically it's Ortiz, Konatsky, and White. And if you if you say imagine those three fights all happening at Barclays, which which like what's the order of uh, most tickets sold to fewest tickets sold? And White is on the bottom of that list. For sure.
0: And, guys, Luis Ortiz is over. Like, that dude had everyone here in L.A. when I saw him uh, on the undercard. That dude was over. Everyone was happy to see him. Everyone gave him a round of applause. Like Everyone loved, guy, loved that guy. You know, combination of great story and then going to war with Deontay Wilder. That'll get people excited.
4: I mean, I'm thinking of the promo for Ortiz... Wilder 2 fight, and you put together the Brazil knockout and what happened in Wilder Ortiz 1, and like you're building a really strong reason for people to want to watch. White, he doesn't have that yet, and like he could get that. He's still building a case, especially for American fans. But like you said, Ortiz is over. Like, give me Wilder Ortiz 2. If Wilder can do it quicker, amazing. If Ortiz can you know, put him in danger, amazing. I think people want to see that.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely I'm a, I agree with that. Um, let's move on. We talked about Kanaki. Kanaki, it's basically announced that he's going to be fighting Chris Areola. Um, I saw this coming a mile away. I don't know about you guys, but it looked pretty obvious to me when Ariola popped up on the um, Pacquiao, or sorry, not Pacquiao, the Spence and Garcia undercard that he had a fight in the future with one of the PBC up-and-coming heavyweights, and that very likely is Adam Kanaki. Um, And I love the fight, by the way. You know, anytime when we get a combined weight over, like, 550 pounds, I'm all in. So how do you guys feel about Kanaki fighting Ariola? Clearly, the plan is for Konaki to be built up as an opponent for, at a minimum, Joshua. But, or sorry, not Joshua, Wilder. But you can see them taking being okay with him fighting Joshua or even Fury as we're seeing with Andy Ruiz, who's getting the, um, the, the Joshua fight. Konaki's clearly, and and he moves tickets. I think you already talked about, he moves a bunch of tickets in, um, in, in New York, but how do you guys feel about this fight at this point in time for Adam Konaki's career?
4: I'm biased. I love Konaki. He brings it every single fight face forward. He comes to war. And I'm pretty sure he knows he's limited, which is cool. He doesn't try to front like he's Floyd Mayweather, fifty-two and zero. He's gonna. He always makes fun fights. I've been to two of his fights, and it's a whole bunch of Polish people come out. They sing songs. They wear scarves. Ariel is gonna bring it too, so I'm I'm all in on this fight.
0: I I think specifically there there's so with the Fox matchup specifically, PBC's like. I for me it's really telegraphed, okay? It's not like I, I don't think this is too difficult to figure out, but their matchmaking is very telegraphed in terms of like why they're doing certain why they're making certain matchups. And for this one, it's clear that I don't think they expected Konaki to have the kind of win over Gerald Washington that he did. Um I certainly didn't. But now you bring in Chris Ariola and the goal is to make Konaki look like he is all action. Like he's a guy that can throw down in the ring. Like if somebody's gonna stand up to Deontay Wilder, it is gonna be him. And they have the whole babyface thing going on. They have the whole he's he's a, he's a chubby guy, ha ha ha. But he can fight. And and it's all about building towards that Wilder fight um, at some point down the line. Um, does anyone um, have a, an alternate take about this fight?
2: Uh, no, I I think it's I think it's a good fight to make because that's Kanaki still needs a bit of a. Yeah, he needs a bit more legitimacy. And even though Ariola's like, sure, he's on the like, the second stretch of his career. And I think it'd be a good fight because, again, Kanaki, like, he isn't some world beater. All
4: but right, he's so a you're tough a guy. guy. Wilder Kanaki, right? He's talking yeah. about Ariola. Okay. Ariola. Okay, I'm sorry.
2: No, yeah, I'm talking about Ariola. I think Ariola's a good fight for him at this point right now. And that's it because Ariola, that's it. Like, you know, he's every fight Ariola has is pretty much going to be his last fight unless he keeps winning. <laughs>
0: Am I wrong to say that Joe Joyce going over to Frank Warren was a, was a really a heartbreaker for for this level? Obviously, Joe Joyce was never going to give Deontay Wilder a fight. Joe Joyce would never give um, Anthony Joshua a fight. But an interesting fight could have been made between him and Konaki, him and Ajagba. And losing Joe Joyce really hurts because Konaki has one less fight to... Um, one less win that he could have gotten that could have made the wilder fight that much bigger. Do you guys think that that's, that's a, an accurate assessment?
2: Yeah. There's a lot of, uh, big, slow guys that could have had good fights against each other. You know, yeah. Joe Joyce but it was, he would have really mixed it up, you know? So there's definitely a, a big, not well, like a catastrophic loss or anything, but yeah, it's just sad that they could have some good, more scraps.
0: Do you think it was, uh, that's more sad than Tony Yoka failing a drug test? When he's like <laughs> well, a year into his career? It's sad for Schaefer. Tony Yoka failed the drug test. But I don't Tony- know. Apparently,
2: failing drug test isn't much of a deal since we have two fighters. They're going to only got like some mystery suspensions that are never talked about. Which two fighters are you talking about? I'm talking about Miller. And I'm talking about, I just noticed William Monroe Jr. has got a fight coming up.
4: That snack shit ain't even spilt right.
2: Exactly. So this is for all the people on the forums that talked about VADA, how great they are. Here's the glaring problem with VADA is that they don't have, they can't do fuck all about sanctioning anybody, you know, and technically neither can USADA, but when USADA sanctions people, that's respected, but, and they'll do it. They don't need a fighter to be licensed. Because so here's, here's the thing. None of these guys have a license with the commission. So it was handled by the sanctioning bodies. The WBC. Yeah, and previously, and with Miller's at WBA, so that's who handles did. And I never even heard anyone talk about William Monroe, his uh, results management, you know, thing. Nothing. We don't even know what he tested positive for. Well, the, according to Raphael, it was a testosterone.
0: When was so that treated? That that was really swept under that. the rug. And I understand because Willie Monroe, like I, you know, that's a guy that if you don't, if he's not legitimately like in a headline that's brought to your attention. He don't exist for you. This isn't a guy that you're thinking about when you're like walking, you know, to your car. Or and you're like, man, it'd be good to see Jamal Charlo fight <laughs> Jared Hurd. You know, if he moved up, that'd be you know, a war. You ain't ever thinking about Willie Monroe like that. Willie Monroe, the one that fought uh, Billy Joe Saunders, kid. Yeah. Oh, um, yes, he is. He, he fought Gabe Rosado. <laughs> when Max was like hyping it up, hyping it up, hyping it up it was just a terrible fight. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that, that, that sounds like something max would do max,
2: but yeah. But, so here he is. I've never heard anything of the results management and he's got a fight schedule. So they obviously just hit him with a six month thing. Sure. I don't would to have minimum, like the first, it's a minimum two years. Uh, and it can... No,
0: I don't, I, didn't, I don't know. I don't know because he, he tested positive the week before the fight, which was, uh, December 22nd. And, um, you know what today's date is? Uh, oh, wait, no, no, no. I, I can't do math. Scratch this Yeah, part. so it's, it's... Well, he's Ignore what's scheduled,
2: me, he's scheduled for June, so that's like six months. So, yeah, he's
0: going to be fighting like... I, I forgot what month it was. Forgive me. This fight. Um, oh, he's got June 1st. Yeah, he fights this weekend. So, do, get.
2: No one knows. See, what he there's positive? a thing. Running around going VADA testing, VADA testing. Well, no one knows. This guy failed a fucking drug test, and no one's even said what he failed for, what his suspension was, if he got a suspension... He's back scheduled to fight. You know, hello, boxing writers. Anyone? Does anyone want to fucking look into that one?
0: It's it's funny that they're not because this is this is a he's fighting on a PBC card. You would oh, think yeah, that he's... they'd be all over this? I mean, now that we've said this, maybe we're going to see them come out the woodwork and say, you know, PBC should be ashamed of themselves because six months ago this guy got pulled out of the very the inaugural PBC on Fox card, and now all of yeah. a sudden this dude is fighting on TV again. Well, actually, I don't think he's fighting on TV, but he's fighting. Here's no, no, the, he's on chumble. TV. He's on TV. He's fighting Hugo Santana. This is going to be on TV. They're going to have
2: to go against a lot of their friends there that they get inside information from if they want to go against Vada and the WBCs. <laughs> They're probably going to stay quiet and know that criticism.
0: Yeah, but um, I don't even know how we got onto this. Um, oh, Tony Oka. So Tony Oka, just, you know, the, the hits keep coming. Tony Oka signs with James Prince as his new manager. Um, any thoughts, guys? Or did James Prince send some goons over to threaten you not to speak? <laughs> or did James Jay Prince send somebody to beat up your promoter with uh, baseball bats and put him in the hospital? Jay Prince definitely sent the goons out. <laughs> J- James Prince damn near had these guys kill Leonard Ellerbee. This is a true story.
2: <laughs> well, I don't know. Some of that's been
0: exaggerated.
2: Uh, they, they, they roughed him up, but they didn't know it was killing because guys would be going
0: to jail. Okay, but he went to the hospital. Like, you know, you don't go to the hospital over a bloody nose. Of course,
2: because they're not they're not gangsters or anything. There's dudes in the fight game. Uh,
0: yeah, well, dude. Leonard Ellerby is, but Did I don't think you... those guys that went over with, with baseball bats uh, were, oh. were involved in boxing. That's what
2: I'm saying. He, he, uh. didn't,
0: he didn't send over that guy that Billy Joe Saunders fought. What was his name? The guy who got arrested <laughs> for racketeering?
2: <laughs> I can't remember. Stu knows. Look it up, Stu.
0: What,
1: what is? It? I know, I, no, The, the way he is the, how long that fucking dude's name is. I could look it up, and I still wouldn't be able to say it.
0: That's true. <laughs> That's true. The guy's like from Turkey or something. It's not. It's he's, not. Yildirim. He's Georgian. Um, no, no, he's Georgian. Damn, this is gonna kill me now. Oh well, who cares? Um. Uh. So, James Prince also involved in the career of Shakur Stevenson. How's this guy still in boxing?
2: Uh, he's respected, and now he's got a ton of money because he got the whole percentage of Drake, so he's got money coming out of his ass.
4: I think he could play the angle that he worked with with Floyd, so he knows how to put things together. Now, how true that is, you know, it's hard to tell because his influence in boxing, it's, you know, I mean, again, I love Ward, but he didn't exactly cross over. And to be honest, I'm not even sure what – Mean for Yoka, like, does this mean he liaises a top rank deal? I mean, I'm pretty sure Jay Prince does not like anyone that runs business with PBC. Uh, so I don't, I don't know what he means, honestly.
1: Honestly, I think with Yoka, Yoka's kind of locked his career down in France. You know, he's he even during that ban, he was able to fight outside of the outside of France, and he he didn't. And he signed a big deal. I think he signed like a 15 million quid deal with a French TV network or something. I think Yokas just kind of committed to fighting in France. I don't think this deal... He he doesn't really seem bothered about getting a hand into America or getting a hand anywhere else. I think he just
0: focused on France. Makes sense to sign sign with Jay Jay Prince then because he's obviously an expert uh, on the promotional game and stuff in France.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like Prince takes a big cut too. Like when Floyd had Prince, he he didn't make any money off that. No, he's one of him.
1: I, I actually to be honest, this deal was signed before the drug test. So maybe after he failed was ripped up. And now he now Yoke is left out in the cold.
0: Maybe. That's a good point. Um I know, it's a
2: bit that's a bit that's a deal that's a bit too inside, you know, like we'll never get a good knowledge of
0: why these guys are doing it. Stu's our inside man, he's gonna go undercover for us.
1: I can't even fucking speak French.
0: Okay, well, you know, Try. you're 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 a young guy, you can learn. Um Devin Alexander is going to be fighting on Fox Sports 1 this week. He'll fight Ivan Redcatch. Um does anybody have anything to say about this fight? I mean, Redcatch is always entertaining. The dude always comes and um just, you know, walks forward with his chin out and he throws punches and he's either going to um, get beat on de- on a decision or maybe knocked out. Occasionally he wins a fight. Um Alexander last time he fought was against um was it the Burrow? It was the Burrow fight. Yeah. Oh, god. Yeah, it was. Um and then Hugo Centeno will be on the undercard against Willie Monroe. We talked about this a bit. Um I want to talk about the Callum Smith fight, which is gonna be on the Joshua Ruiz undercard. Um I really am disappointed by this fight. I just hate it. I really hate this fight. I hate Eddie Hearn. I hate him for doing this. And like, look, Eddie Hearn is very good at what he does. He's a great promoter in the UK. I'm not going to hate on him for that. But what I will hate on on him for is that you have Callum Smith, who is the, perhaps, I think you can make a strong argument that Callum Smith is the best 168-pound fighter in the world. He's certainly proven the most at this point. How on earth do you have this guy announce a fight on two weeks' notice? A world champion, and it's certainly the, the a world champion who's number one in the division, should not be fighting on two weeks' notice. They should not be fighting an opponent that got named a, a week and a half before the fight. And they damn sure should not be fighting against a guy that was rejected as the comeback tune-up fight For a middleweight fighter who was coming off a loss. That is unbelievable. It's ridiculous. As a a fan of Callum Smith, you should be pissed. That, yeah, Callum Smith, as, as his first title defense, should get a soft touch. Understandable. You know what? He should also fight at home. He should fight where he's going to benefit off of having that new world title benefit off of gaining all those fans in the uk from beating george groves albeit at an odd time because they're fighting in saudi arabia shout out saudi arabia i guess but it's unbelievable to me unbelievable like how selfish are you as a promoter how desperate are you that you would have a young world champion a newly crowned world champion and your first time that he's your for his for his first defense you're going to put him on the undercard on two weeks notice in a in another country because you need somehow some way to make this event just a, a little bit bigger because you can't fail because you've got anthony joshua who very well could say i'm not coming back and i will not fight on your platform again it's selfish don't do this to kelvin smith because this dude has been part of Matchroom from the start. He went off. He went into this tournament. He won the tournament. He's overcome looking under underwhelming at, in parts of his career, and then now for his first title defense on two weeks' notice against Hassan and Dom. You got to be kidding me. This is a joke move. And in fact, I can't think of in my in in my memory, I can't think of a, of a more just jabroni move from a promoter in a long time where somebody just screwed over a fighter like this should have been Callum Smith's moment. Even even Javante Davis making his first defense in the U.K. against Liam Walsh was better than this crap. What do you guys got to say to that? No, I like uh, yeah.
4: When he when he made the decision to align himself with the zone, he made a really dangerous move because on one hand you get a lot more money. It's house money because like if if you lose the zone deal. You can just go back to the U.K. with Joshua and be, you know, the same old that he heard from before, which is actually great. But, like, he's spreading himself way too thin. I mean, I, I you hear a lot about how this AJ fight is selling and stuff like that. But I'm in New York, and I can't wait to see if it's true or not. Same with this Cullen Smith fight. I haven't watched him as much as I've watched some other fighters. But from what I understand, he's he's a decent little fighter, and he's really loved in the U.K. So why not put him there where he's loved? He could build his fan base, be in front of the people who need to see him, and then go on and do bigger and better things. Fighting on DAZN in America makes no sense. I don't think anyone's... Not too many DAZN fans in America will care to see it. He should be fighting in the UK, so I totally agree with him.
0: I mean, there's an argument that could be made that they're, they're trying to leverage Joshua's popularity in order to um, have some rub off on Callum. But Callum's already fought on Joshua undercards. What? Who in America, has not seen Callum Smith that is going to tune in to watch Joshua fight and discover Callum Smith. That number is very low, I think. And, and I talk about this a lot. Like, what are, what are the overlap numbers? How many people are overlapping? How many people ordered? Um, how many people signed up for Canelo? Or how many people did not sign up for Canelo that are going to sign up this weekend? You're just reshuffling the deck here. You're like Smokey and Friday counting the your your, your money backwards. <laughs> Shout out anybody who, who, who gets the reference there. Um it's like I get that perspective, but like Callum Smith should be fighting in the UK. And um what what's I, I think what's really happening is Eddie Hearn is being spread thin and he does not have the capacity nor the numbers to actually, you know, play both sides. And look, in the grand scheme of things, Eddie Hearn's still new to the game. You look at Frank Warren, you look at Bob Arum, these dudes were have been around for, for decades. They've learned the game, they can promote in, in countries around the world, blah, 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 everything's all good. Eddie Hearns, still a baby in this, and we're seeing what happens right now when a guy just doesn't have the cachet to, to, to make multiple things happen around the world, and that's really what he needs to do with Callum Smith. I mean, as a UK fan, I, I've said this before, like as a UK fan, I would not be happy right now with my Sky subscription if like it's like, damn, the only good fights I get, I have to order um the pay per view and I already pay for Sky. Like, I don't know, how much does Sky cost? Uh fuck, it's pretty pricey now. I haven't paid for Sky in a while. Uh why not? Piracy so th- going I, on here, Stu.
1: No, no, never see that from me. It costs um it's like 25 quid a month extra as well as like, so you're paying cable and then it's 25 quid a month extra for the sports.
0: Wait, 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 wait. So, but cause I thought sky was like the cable service and then
1: yeah, sky is a sky is a cable service. So you pay for your sky cable, but you have to pay extra to, to like, um, get the uh, sport. It's it's, so it's probably end up about, well, I've, I've read, I've read that wrong, but it's about like, 30 quid a month for everything so including sports i think so because yeah so it's about you pay say 15 quid extra for your sports
0: and that that's basically like paying 60 bucks a month for like the fs1 level fights because you 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 guys in sky haven't gotten anything good in a while and like i i wouldn't count american fights that air at 2 a.m as like being really part of the package because it's like you are most people are not going to stay up till 2 a.m. to watch some damn fights box you,
1: nation based their whole their whole business off of that
0: yeah well box nation also shows MTK fights so they clearly um have very low standards um anyway we could talk about something else we could talk about chris algeri fighting uh tommy boom boom coil um <laughs> it, it, any relation to ray mancini here what's with the boom boom I don't
2: know. <laughs> hopefully for algeri no
0: <laughs> Um, <laughs> Jesus, um, based off of what you saw from Chris Algieri's last fight, is, is does beating Tommy Coyle mean anything? Not the,
2: I don't know, I guess he's just getting work, picking up some checks.
0: I, I mean, it's obvious why he's on the card, it's so he can move tickets. You know, he, he's from what is it, Long Island, Huntington, Long Beach, or something. I don't know. He's from yeah. he's from New York, and apparently he moves tickets over there, and so that's obviously why you would put Chris Algieri on the undercard, um, and, and in a winnable fight. Terry, Tommy Coyle, I, I legitimately have not seen Tommy Coyle win a fight since like two thousand and twelve, maybe, I I might be wrong here. Also, Katie Taylor's on the undercard. She obviously moves tickets. Um, she'll be in a unification uh fight, and then um, Josh Kelly is gonna fight Sugar Ray Robinson on the undercard. Um. No relation to uh, Sugar Ray Robinson, who beat Idgis Um Oh wait, no, that was a draw, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a draw. Um, Stu, what do you see in Josh Kelly? Is, is this is is he one of the British fighters that if you're an American fan watching this, like, is he worth tuning early, tuning in early to watch?
1: I think in his past, was his last fight,
0: especially just looked, he looked. Um,
1: Disappointing. He looked like he was very smug, and he looked like he 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 was doing like flashy things for the for the just the point in being flashy. And he looked. I think a lot of people were annoyed by he, it was showboating almost. I think that you know Sugar not Sugar Ray but Ray Robinson is a tricky fighter. I think that you know he'll give he'll give Kelly a bit better trouble, I think yeah. it'll be a good test for him, I which think- he
0: definitely needs. This may come off as mean, but Josh Kelly thinks he's slick, but he's fighting guys in the UK mostly. And yeah, the slickness in the UK ain't no Philadelphia slickness. And he's going to get taught a lesson that he can try to be slick, but it ain't going to work. And if he comes forward on 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 Robinson, he's going to, you know, really find out what it what it is to be a counterpuncher, cuz Ray Robinson Um, you know, he's not the greatest fighter, but he's damn tricky. Kavalaska's really tried and should have lost that fight. So I think this is a really tough fight for Josh Kelly. Um, I mean, I'll give it to him for taking the fight. Josh Kelly certainly could have, well, I don't know if he could have, but he could probably go on and fight domestic UK level talent for another couple of years. And you, I don't think UK fans would have a problem with that.
1: But, uh, they, they do. UK fans are souring on him a bit now.
0: Are they trying to realize he's safe. not good?
1: I think it's more the case of them realizing that the people he's fighting are really bad.
0: Well, there's a reason for that. Josh Kelly's not that good. Um, you guys will no find comment. Out. No, no comment. What are you talking about? I just
1: uh, I don't want to insult my man. Fine.
0: My, well, I got, I've
1: got to support the British people.
0: All right, so. Now let's get to. If you've into, got nothing
1: nice to say, say nothing at all.
0: All right. Well, you may want to excuse yourself from this next conversation. Anthony Joshua will fight in the main event against Andy Ruiz Jr. This should have been Jarrell Miller, but Jarrell Miller failed a drug test and um, will not be fighting. So, in terms of like anticipation, in terms of your own personal hype for this, where would you guys rate yourselves on a scale of one to ten? With like zero being uh, a rematch of Rances Bartholomew and Robert Easter Jr., and ten being Mayweather McGregor two.
2: <laughs> I was gonna say something mean, but uh,
0: just, just say it. No, I was gonna
2: say I'd rather see the Bartholomew fight again.
0: No, you wouldn't. But you were a the... go- you were a
2: liar. I like the Cosmopolitan, man. It's a nice hotel. Stay at the Cosmo. Oh my God, the. the uh, this fight i don't know this football well, it is what it is it, it'll be a good fight good for a he got a big shot he's gonna get big money you know it's good for him and we will see what if he can throw a right hand at aj's head like everyone else does and
4: land
0: something <laughs> uh lex what, what would you give it
4: on the scale you just provided i think a four and a half i'm big on narrative i love story i love lore i love background and there's really none of that with this fight um you know, I think it would have been a little bit more interesting if, if Miller didn't pop dirty. But, like, they didn't mm-hmm. disown her and hurt. They didn't really get the situation out by, like, excluding Ruiz from the marketing. You know, like, we're a week away pretty much, and less almost. And, and I haven't seen anything, no, nothing on YouTube Ruiz, no commercials. I really think they're scared of his, his large body. They keep talking about how fat he is, but who cares? You know what I mean? Talk about where he came from, what he's done so far, how he almost beat Parker. There is a story here, but they failed to sell it. And because of that, I'm totally disinterested. And I'm in New York.
0: You Have you seen any promotion for it?
4: None. I, I, I know Joshua had a video with, was it Meek Mill? I think. Yeah. But like, again, Ruiz wasn't included. You know, they finally got Joshua on ESPN today, I think. But, oh, Memorial
0: Day when nobody's watching.
4: Right. It's just nothing. This this they've dropped the ball big time and it's like it's been the buzzkill.
0: Um like, actually he, he has not been be? on ESPN. Apparently that's an old video you're re- referencing.
2: What like what's that 40 days supposed to be?
0: Um 40 days. On
2: on uh, the zone.
0: Yeah, I know. Pro.
2: But is it just like a one and done or is it supposed to be following them?
0: Well, I think it's um, like their preview um, stuff that they're doing before a fight. Has anybody it, it, watched it? it? I haven't watched it. I'll watch yeah, it, I, 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 I I, it.
2: I watched it. Like, it's well-produced, but what was it? We had Michael Woods and Dougie Fisher on there just talking about Anthony Josh when they are trying to sell it to Ruiz. But again, there it is. It's like, well, why not? Uh, you know, I know it's sort of a, they're put in a tough spot because, you know, it's tough to scramble all that together at the last minute. But you're saying... I think PBC's pushed us for a more than, you know, Dazone has. Well, there's something... Like, this is supposed to be AJ's big landing in the US, and it's also supposed to be big for Zone. their whole Canelo connection, because anyone who signed up for Canelo is going to get this fight for free, you know, or the nine bucks or whatever, but if you've signed, they were given a lot of free subs still in the US.
0: Very fisc- fiscally responsible decision there.
2: Yeah, and there's nothing like I I know what I saw something with AJ and he was making an effort at least, which usually doesn't seem like he enjoys that too much, but the zone still has no presence. They've got no presence anywhere and they don't look like they're really trying because this card obviously is stacked full of Eddie's guys. But as you tore apart for Callum Smith, is it stacked because he's trying to introduce his guys to America or is it stacked because so he can get a cut of all everyone's purses.
0: Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God.
2: <laughs> it is like, what's, what's Eddie really interested in here?
0: Yeah, that is – I mean, is that a conspiracy theory? I don't know. Um, But that's real interesting, you know. But that, that's not like, you know, Eddie Hearn is some diabolical villain coming up with some new way to, to tax fighters. It's, you know. No, no, not at that's, all. That's, that's, uh, that's the game.
2: It, um, Yeah, I'm just saying, like, what are they really interested in? Just making money, or are they interested in really pushing this fight? Because Pinello's fight, it's like, where's the push?
0: Well, where's it gonna like? Let's just say you're or we as a collective are running Days in. Like, and you have to keep in mind that certain networks aren't gonna help us out. So we can't really go to a CBS network, we can't go to a Disney um, network. Where are we gonna try to funnel in views from? You're left with Warner Media. And Warner Media encapsulates um, TNT, TBS. It captures um, HBO. Everything that's Turner related. Th- that's your only uh, avenue to push views in. But do you know that? You know why that's going to hurt? Because the week before the fight, there's no sports on the Turner networks. What are you going to do? Can't go to Fox. Fox ain't interested. They're not trying to help you out. Where do you promote? Where where would you go? Bleacher Report, owned by
4: Turner. Aren't... You know, and even if, even if you utilize these channels in a good way, how? Like, I hate to go back to this, but like, how many people really want to spend money to watch Joshua Ortiz? You know, like I, I love watching boxing, but I don't want to spend money to watch that fight. Not not via app. I mean, I'm pretty sure everyone here knows how to stream pretty well. I'm sure most of the listeners know how to speak. Be well is also so like.
0: You mean illegally?
4: Fight. Illegally, yes. So it's just a, it's a tough sell when you don't. Joshua alone in America is not at the point that he could just sell fights on his own. If there was some narrative with Or uh, not Ortiz Ruiz, Ruiz Ruiz, you know maybe, but they they failed to do that so far.
0: Yeah, I mean. It's 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 a tough sell, and if I, I I what if what if the numbers for 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 the month for days in are good enough that they say we just need these people to tune in and create buzz after the the event? Maybe what if they think like okay, from what we have from Canelo, there's we don't really see a plat a path for us to add a ton more subscriptions for for this Joshua fight. Now I think. Probably this isn't right, but you know, I, I that's that's where I, I come from is like, I don't think that there's a, a lot more that they can do. If you signed up for Canelo, chances are y- you're going to, um, you're not like you've already said, like, those are the same people that would sign up for Joshua. Now, that number is actually far less, you know, I think far less people are interested in Joshua than there are than Canelo. That's obvious. I mean, let me ask you guys this question who, which fight's going to get more people watching it? And we'll never know. But this is a speculation. Um, the Joshua fight against Ruiz or Golovkin versus uh, Rolls? Well, Joshua, because if anyone who bought for Canelo, the, this is still in their first month. It's a good point.
2: their 30-day subscription. it's so.
0: a good point. Do, is this the right fight to encourage people to, to keep their subscription? Joshua?
2: Yeah. Well, I, I think he's the best shot you got. He's certainly better than
0: Golovkin because... No one's interested in Golovkin unless it's against Canelo. Let's talk about the actual fight. Um, do you think that... Do you think Ruiz has a shot? Uh, I don't. What do you think, Stu?
1: I don't think he has a shot, but I think he'll make it more entertaining than some people have. I think Ruiz will give it a good go.
0: Is there, And I you, think
1: he's pretty decent, so I think, I think he might do you think give that, Josh a hard time of it for a couple of rounds?
0: You guys don't think that maybe after the Povetkin fight... People are looking at Joshua. I mean, because let's let's be real here for a sec, okay? When you were watching the fight with Pavetkin, what were the thoughts going through your head? Wow, Joshua's getting hit a lot. Wow, Joshua's not looking good right here. Wow, Joshua looks out of it. Wow, is it because he didn't get a haircut? What is going on here? And then Joshua gets it into gear and manages to land the right hand and, and wobble Pavetkin, and it was all down downhill from there. But like Pavetkin was sneaky good in that fight, and he really... Um I think placed a lot of doubt in Joshua's mind in that fight. I mean, we we had seen Joshua get hit with shots that we'd never seen him get hit with. That overhand right which Fred joked about, but legitimately that overhand right was a problem for Joshua in that fight. Um well, he did, I think I think he's
2: open on the right hand, you know. They got to fix that. even re- even Klitschko. If Klitschko would have been an older or younger Klitschko joshua with that right hand if he would have had like his old power that fight would have been over there
0: yeah i i well i also don't think that um i don't think that he would have let joshua off the hook so easily um when he knocked him down
3: yeah well i think joshua is better when he's more aggressive offensively i think that's more of who he is i think um I don't know, he's tried to, like, transform as a champion into, like, this more measured boxer. And I think, while it might work because he's, like, got so many advantages on the guys he's fighting. I mean, like...
0: Like having a lot of muscles.
3: Well, yeah, and having the reach on pretty much everybody's fought yet. And, yeah, just being a superior athlete. But I think, well, I'm interested to see if um, the Wilder fight And the attention it got for the big um, knockout of Brazil kind of motivates Joshua to come out and uh, be more aggressive early. Um, I don't necessarily know that that's going to happen, but I kind of would like to see it because I think when he's more aggressive, he's more effective and it'll definitely help him out. Like, kind of not just like answering Wilder, but like that's the way that this fight's going to get attention is if he fucks him up in an impressive fashion, not if he like jabs him for eight rounds and then like Ruiz retires in his corner or something, you know?
0: Do you think that maybe the the knockout for Wilder and, the, like, all the discussion after the Wilder fight um, about potential fights with Anthony Joshua, do you think that'll help Wilder's fight um, with Ruiz? Mm. At, at least in terms of, like, it getting views Well, not really,
3: because they weren't talking about, like, oh, we want to see Wilder Joshua now. Oh, yeah, Joshua's fighting in a couple weeks or something. That was not the conversation. Like, I... If I wasn't a boxing fan, I would have no clue that wa- that Joshua was fighting this week. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, I mean, it's. I think the only chance that this has of getting like more wider the wider appeal that Joshua really needs. I mean, I think everyone would agree that he would be a lot better off if he had this fight on Showtime, and that's not even like shilling for Showtime. That's just saying like he's objectively limited his the reach that he has and the aware- the brand awareness he has in America by fighting on his own. So, I mean. Obviously, he's made the decision that monetarily it's worth it, but he really would benefit from having like a Jeffable knockout that is discussed like across the internet.
4: Yeah, I, I disagree with that. We were talking about this earlier on the chat, maybe last week. I think Joshua would benefit from a, like a barroom brawl. I don't think, because like looking at, he looks like someone that'll get knocked out quick. And so it'll just be like, ah, Joshua picked on this big fat guy. But, on the other hand, if the fight is like a war that Joshua prevails in, like I think that would bring more attention to him.
3: Well, that's fair enough. I I suppose that doesn't necessarily contradict with what uh I think. So uh, I guess I'm more so um just want to see him be more uh leash leash off offensive. Can, can- and if that if, if that turns into an all action fight, that's definitely good for him too, but Just something that's going to create waves beyond just, like, the 200,000 people that watch every single boxing match that happens in the United States. What's Uh, the
4: last fight that Joshua has, like, showed that type of, like, I'm going to come out immediately and put my foot in his ass? Like, what's the first or the last fight that Joshua behaved like that in?
3: uh, Uh, The Molina fight? Molina or, no, I don't think he did against Pavetkin. I don't think so. When he turned it on, I think Molina and Klitschko. I think since Klitschko, he's he's really like tried I'm, to I'm, be the new I'm Klitschko getting, or
0: something.
1: Him getting put down in the Klitschko fight, I think that should come up a bit.
0: It's uh, a good point, you know. I, I think both of you have a good point there. That Joshua's kind of not been the same Joshua since he fought the Klitschko fight. But uh, you could make the argument that Joshua also um, has faced maybe better opposition since then.
1: Like, it's, is like, the Takam fight, Takam versus Molina. like, uh, comparing yeah, those yeah, two. Yeah, is there a, that
0: much of a t- difference? Yeah, that's a good argument.
3: After watching the Dylan White fight, does anybody really think that if Joshua had turned up the heat on Parker, he couldn't have fucked him up and knocked him out? Like, uh, yeah, I agree. To, he didn't have to stink out the joint against them, and he did. I mean, I know that the ref was a pain in the ass, but, like, the, the style of fight that he's choosing to fight is definitely, like, a distinct... Uh, Decision on this Hold on.
0: The, the, I think the referee was helping Joshua in that fight. He kept separating them, which is where Joshua's going to do his best work at range where he can load up those shots. Like, you know, Joshua's never going to be an inside fighter. Like, the dude is six foot seven. He was fighting six foot four, um, Joseph Parker. Like, the ref was trying to help him out there. Joshua just could not stop Parker from holding him, he could not get his jab going. I mean, I think to, what you meant well, to he say. Also, earlier, he
3: also was like a lot more coy in that fight. He was not opening up offensively, which is kind of like my whole point is that he, if he couldn't land, if he was keeping him at bay with the jab and like ostensibly winning rounds, even though there was basically nothing happening, he was content with that. Instead of oh, if he's like not Tyson finding Fury. the jabs, put more punches together. You know.
0: I think what you meant to say earlier is like he needs a moment that can be a, a short 10-second clip to to. Expose himself to the, to social media to say, oh, this is Anthony Joshua. This is why you should care about him. Look what he can do. Um, you know, which is basically what Wilder is. Like, people see that clip and it's like, wow, he literally killed somebody. Um, amazing. Joshua doesn't have that. And, and it ties into he's been a different Joshua since he fought Klitschko. Do you think maybe he's just not willing to be put on the floor again? And if that means, you know, knockouts may not come,
4: I'm not sure if he's a different guy. I think that that was his first big step up and his temperament is he wants to control the situation. He wants to take his time. He wants to read and wants to box. And I think the times we've seen him hurt, he didn't have the time or the opportunity to like I'm going to read and take my time and be this like clever boxer. His back was against the wall and he had to come out gunning. And so yeah, I don't I I think you guys have like a Oh, read on Joshua that I don't I don't agree with.
0: Um, I I can see your point though, you know, like in in the Pavetkin fight, it took him a while to get going, and that was similar to the way he was with Klitschko, where Klitschko puts him down, he's like, Okay, well I gotta I, I guess I gotta try to win now. And um the same thing happened with Pavetkin, where he got hit over and over and over with the right hand, he's bleeding. Um, and then finally he turns it on and, and winds up stopping Povetkin.
3: Well, I don't I don't think that that's what happened in the Klitschko fight. In the Klitschko fight, he put him down and then Joshua went for the win and gassed himself and that's how he ended up getting caught. I I think
0: I don't remember Joshua. I do that I think that floor, the, he
3: was aggressively trying to finish the fight earlier in the fight.
0: Um man, I, I I would love to go back and listen um to podcasts about that fight beforehand to just see how people felt about it versus how it actually played out because that was clearly like you know one of the fight of the years that year and it was a great fight and it had uh it was a fight that I think I don't think anybody predicted you know i, I think most people thought shot klitschko was going to get destroyed by by joshua and um turns out tyson fury beat up klitschko worse i guess or well, at least he scared him more um if if this doesn't work out and I think they're going to sell a lot of tickets because they say there's a ton of people. Also, by the way, d- does anybody think it's funny that Eddie Hearn said it was 10,000 Brits coming over and now the number 7,000? Anyone want to point out how there are whole I rows? Said, I, thought,
3: I thought he said 13 in the, the first time. So it's uh, going down every time he Oh, so 13,000, then
0: ten, now 7. Um, also, we've got entire 30. rows for sale on the floor. Roland, do you want to brief us on that?
3: Oh, yeah. I mean, I just find, like, it interesting that if you go on uh, StubHub, you see, like, entire rows of in certain sections near the floor that are all listed at, like, a third of the original sale price. Um, And then if you combine that with, like, what's still left on Ticketmaster, I don't know. It looks a little shady. Not going to... uh, Make any overt accusations because I know some weird stuff happens with tickets and bots and I don't know who who has allocated tickets for this and that. So whatever. But uh, yeah, I definitely think that it's a little strange how strong or how weak and how many tickets there are in the secondary market when there's so many primary market uh, tickets available. But I don't know. There's a little conspiracy theory in me on that one.
0: Sounds like you're trying to tag in Fred. So
3: you cut off there.
0: It sounds like he's trying to tag in Fred. We're, we're talking about the tickets for. Yeah.
2: Well, like he says, it, it is, it's weak, let's say that. And like he said, especially when those secondary prices are so weird. And it's, this is, the zone wasn't like caught off guard that Anthony Joshua was coming to America, They're selling it. This is when you get all your partners together, you get them to commit to buying the tickets because you want this whole idea that he's selling out he's a big thing and if you look at it again they're they're not pushing this guy I think the you know Anthony Joshua uh, he could be a huge star in the. US if they push him but he's not getting a push like even if you look at the news reports there's what there was an article in like the New York post by is almost coming either from boxing scene which only appeals to boxing fans or it's from the UK like there's no push for this guy that's where the tickets are showing it's like come on
4: I'm sorry I I was going to say Hearn's going to be in trouble On fight night the arena is not Bumping like if there's not Thousands of British fans Singing songs drunk insane Social media is You're going to hear from Kobe
1: Bean
4: (laughs) (laughs) Shout out Kobe Bean I have a
3: lot of faith that it will be But that's a funny point I mean, even if, like, honestly, I think whatever the if there's shenanigans or not, I think it's generally good promotion. Or like, like Fred was saying, it's the right idea um, to push him. And I have a lot of faith. I don't think that they would let him flop. So I think, regardless of whether it's papered or whatever it needs to be in order to get that building to look like it, it has a significant fight going on. I think it will. But yeah, just to Fred's point, I, I remember seeing for the uh, for the herd fight um heard was on the front page of the sports for the washington uh washington post you know like the second most widely distributed newspaper in in america yeah and so like that's the type of local push that i mean when you're getting pushed that's that's what it looks like
0: also fast forward 12 hours later that's what it looks like to drop the ball um yeah (laughs) clearly um but yeah, there's definitely a, a um, well, Stu, can you talk, or Rollins, maybe you guys could talk about this, like, what happens, like, in wrestling events when the tickets don't move?
3: They paper them? I don't, like, what, what do you mean?
0: Yeah, like, what is the contingency plan in, in events where tickets don't sell, but you have to have a crowd?
3: Well, yeah, You, I mean, it's nothing different than boxing. You paper the event. If you need to rope stuff off, you rope stuff off. I mean, I don't think they're going to have that problem.
0: What does papering mean? For anybody that doesn't isn't familiar with the terminology,
3: uh, like, are you looking for when they tarp stuff on? Like the paper
2: is a bit different. I think like, Stu talked about before when they put just tarps over the empty seats so you, they don't pick up on camera.
3: I mean, they won't have that situation here though. Like they they've sold enough, particularly of the cheap seats. I mean, if anything, I think that they can they'll just find people to fill those seats. I mean, whether it's people standing outside the arena an hour before the show or whatever it needs to be. I mean but they got to change their camera angle so it
2: doesn't look like that super fly when they're <laughs> in
3: crowd shots and the, the bleachers are empty well yeah and if there are any empty if there are any empty seats like during this co-made event you can find people on one side of the arena just tell them hey, well, you can free upgrade or something i mean like there's plenty of things you can do
0: yeah that's something that happens where you get your seats upgraded and stuff in order i mean there's some events where they just put all the people on one side of the arena. Now I don't think they're gonna have that problem. By the way, we're not talking about that, but just to give you a, like you know a bit of, uh, of of a rundown here of what happens in these events, you know when um, tickets don't move, like they 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 will find a way, and then they will announce whatever attendance that they want. We saw that with. Um, uh, what recently, uh, was it the Aram Croft or, uh, Canelo Jacobs. They Canelo announced, Jacobs. Yeah, they yeah, announced yeah.
3: like 20,000 and then the Nevada like commission report said like 15. So it's kind of strange. Yeah. So, but I don't like for this whole conversation, I, I think in the end, what by hook or by crook, they're going to make it seem like a, a big enough deal in the, in the room on fight night. I don't really have a doubt about that.
0: Yeah, I think for sure there 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 will find enough people to be in that arena to 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 have whatever number that that it is that they're okay with. Um, but wait, guys,
4: I don't. Oh, oh, would you guys you guys wouldn't be shocked if it was a little disappointed? I mean, I was a little disappointed with Canelo and Jacobs, and that's Canelo.
2: Canelo's was a weak, very weak for him thing, but of course, the media didn't touch that at all. You know, that was eight and a half million for Canelo. And they made fun of Floyd when he put up ten against Burdo No, a bigger draw.
0: But he actually put up thirteen. Let's 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 not um, let's not get our numbers I mean, mixed I'm, up. I'm talking
2: about numbers. I'm talking about
0: game numbers, live game.
2: You yeah, know, and
0: those, I, so am I. I was it,
2: million, I'm Pretty sure it was thirteen. Birdo? No, it, was, it should be just over ten. Wait, they they're letting. I'm saying they're letting Joshua down with his fight. You know they're bringing to America the big thing, and even these prices are pretty high. Like twenty five hundred. Oh, there was only what fifteen, I think their their floor seats front row were around that area.
0: Oh yeah, you were right. It was it was ten. I'm thinking of something else. Uh, My know, apologies. And
2: we also we also got our our, our needed Floyd mention.
0: Yeah, I know. we were <laughs> low on our count, man. Stu's over uh, here tapping the button, and we're we're real low right now.
2: Like, like, I like to make fun of the zone a lot, but I think they're, they're letting Joshua down with this. Like, this is supposed to be his arrival on the scene. And, you know, like right now, if you look at the tickets, it's like primary market's half sold that's, you know, that's, in the last that's, week.
0: Well, well, Eddie Hearn has now said that it's 7,000 British fans have, have bought tickets and are planning to come over.
1: I, I do think in terms of this fight, though, making Joshua look like a big deal, is a lot more important than him actually being a big deal, you know. Because the goal of this fight isn't necessarily to make the most money; it's to build Joshua profile in the US. So it looking like a big deal to everybody in the US, everybody who sees it, is a lot more important than the ad and days and actually making money from it. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: The gate, the gate numbers now, with the amount of money they're putting in TV, the gate numbers aren't as important
3: when well, in new york in new york they don't have to disclose all that stuff do they i mean uh, they they don't really like to they're so i mean I don't, think, I don't think they're going to be in the in the situation where they get embarrassed after the fact either i think they can just put on the event they want to put on like like Stu said make sure that the perception is there at least i mean even if it's not in the building the perception that comes across on tv and then you can kind of tell your... i mean Hearn's very good at telling the story that he wants to tell so i mean i don't yeah. I, I think they'll be all right
2: those stories don't go beyond boxing
3: fans. Well, I agree. Yeah. Well, I agree with your point, right? hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not
2: arguing. I'm, I'm just arguing in general against this thing. I feel they let Joshua down. It's like, Joshua, like him coming to the us, it should, should be a big deal because this is it. He's coming to the U S. So we know Wilder and Joshua is going to happen.
0: Well, I also think like in terms of they've made such a point in the past that Joshua's going to stay in the UK. Joshua going to stay in the UK. He's staying home and his fight in April was supposed to be, at Wembley Stadium and then he comes over and it's like wait a second he's coming over for this like he could have stood in the UK and judging
2: this is from- just going to be like another no, it could be like another concert that everyone goes to but just the fans and no one else talks about them, like in New York New York gets these big shows you know every single day so for them not to make it an organic sellout like they could have pushed this so much better
0: well I I think they could have I think they damn well could have um, waited for... I, I think there's a pathway for Joshua to have become um, known, not a star, but known in America without fighting here. I think there was a path to that. And and it a lot of it relied on Deontay Wilder doing doing the legwork. Um, just as I, I think Floyd and Manny were just as responsible for each other's success as they were their own. And I think there was a pathway for Joshua to be talked about to... to build that eventual fight with Wilder. And I think it would have been real special if there was a situation where we clamored for the arrival of Anthony Joshua to come to America. And then when he finally did, that fight was with um, with Deontay Wilder. And that's it it was that that that's always gonna be difficult because i think fred very accurate with the concert analogy with like yeah they sold out the show but that was all to the same fans that like bought the tickets to the show last time Uh, you know paraphrasing and adding more to it but essentially that's what you're saying you know it's just the people that they expected to be at the show but there wasn't like the new any anyone who was new here um and, and i talk about that a lot like boxing fans like the goal is, is to reach beyond the, the 300,000 or so that are guaranteed to watch every boxing card, whether it's um, Heard versus Williams on Fox or it's something as pathetic as uh, Rancis Bartholomew and Robert Easter Jr., which was the worst fight that we've seen all year. There's still a certain a baseline level of people that would tune in for that. And, you know, I, I think definitely... They, they dropped the ball multiple ways here. They dropped it with Joshua and... And then they dropped it with Calum Smith on the undercard.
1: I think the thing about Joshua in America, the case is it just should have happened, you know, two years ago after the Vlad fight, I think, you know. Yeah, I think it would have been point. so much easier to build on TV then. But it was, I think it was really Hearn's plan to not have Joshua fight in the U.S. until Skepper started pushing for it. I think it, it was just like Joshua was almost... But messed up by multiple different people, you know, having multiple different messages in.
0: Well, I, do you think he even has a say? Really,
1: I don't. I don't think so. Right now, I think he wants to. I think going by what I've heard about Joshua, I think Joshua wants to have more control. But it's you know, I think it's too easy to stick with Heron in terms of just making the UK money right now. It's too yeah, I, way too much of a risk for them to leave.
4: I want to throw out in uh, something that no one really talks about. I've uh, like I've discussed it with uh, Terence Crawford and Eddie Hearn, but I think Joshua has outgrown Eddie Hearn, and it, it may be a little early to say that. But like the direction Hearn is going with the zone, I don't think matches what Joshua needs right now. That's a good point. You're talking about you're talking about Joshua needing to make this huge U.S. splash is. It, like, I hate to say this, but it's true that it's absolutely impossible for him to make any splash on DAZN. We're talking about an app that not a lot of people have, and he's not really known in America to, like, offset the the lack of popularity that Dizone has. If he was on ESPN or Fox or Showtime, that splash may have came. But on Dizone, I just don't see it. And I think Hearn is attached to zone. I don't know how Joshua – feels about that i would love to know honestly
0: uh, that's a good point you know joshua is basically at the whim of of eddie hearn it seems like and well
1: joshua is still yet to sign that deal with Dazin. he's still not got a confirmed deal with Daisen. and which if- which which hearn keeps saying he's gonna sign but he hasn't signed yet
4: and and joshua signed an extension with hearn kind of recently if I remember correctly. Yeah,
1: I think, it, I think it was earlier last I think it was last year, maybe late last year.
4: Uh, it'd be interesting to look at Joshua's career if he didn't sign that, where he may have went and how it could have, the direction it may have taken him.
0: I've spoken to someone who would be, we would consider in the sources category, who does not think Joshua will stay with Eddie Hearn uh, much longer. And that person did speak with an accent. <laughs> Just letting you guys know. But you know that that was his. his he's like that was his um, read on the situation uh, from all the stuff that he understands. That he doesn't think Joshua was gonna stay long term with Eddie Hearn, um, and, and mostly because, at least in the UK, Joshua doesn't need Eddie Hearn. Who's who's got the bigger brand in the UK, Eddie Hearn or Joshua? At this point, Stu, you're the only one that can answer this question. It's Joshua. Hearn's got
1: a big bum, but it's, you know, it's nothing compared to Joe. Yeah, I mean, Bo- boxing will always be about the boxers.
3: But Hearn has control of Sky, and it it helps. I mean, I'm not British, but I, I think that being affiliated with Sky, which is, like, very widely disseminated amongst sports crowds, probably helps a lot more.
1: Yeah, that, that was my point Was I was trying to make, is it's just too much of a risk to, for AJ to leave Manchester right now because, you know, like... BT is a bigger risk right now, especially would Frank be willing to pay the amount that Joshua has. And then of ITV, he could join PBC and not have a
0: promoter, but that ITV pay-per-view is even more of a question mark hanging over it. But isn't ITV, I mean, this is a little off the point, but isn't ITV like basically Fox, what Fox is here, like network TV?
1: Yeah, but... Right now what appeared with ITV is ITV have no intention of having any fights on television. They want boxing as an exclusive box. This is just me speaking from presumption from what I've seen so far, but they've seem to have no intention to television and they want to push it on box office. Like their box office and it's it creates this very very almost you know, there's lack of promotion behind it. The fight almost has to sell itself to right. get it bought.
0: Well, I I think that if BT was gonna get in, involved, like let's just say Joshua said, "I'm a free agent now in the UK," um, and let's assume that he hasn't fought Wilder, he hasn't fought Fury at this point. If if I'm BT Sport, I I back up the truck of money and just say, "Sign sign this blank check," because I I think in the UK. If they could get him to fight Fury, they would make all their money back on that one fight. Yeah, is, but is I think that at the crazy? Same time, I mean, obviously, jo- I'm no expert. I,
1: I think Josh, Joshua would know his worth, so...
0: A, a would one-off he, deal with BT to, to fight Tyson Fury?
1: Yeah, but at the same time, you don't have the same security as you do with Heron and Sky and you... I mean,
3: correct me if I'm wrong, but like in Britain, each each platform has its own like individual pay-per-view platform, which is completely different than the way it is in the United States, where basically no matter how you order your pay-per-view, it comes through the same service.
1: Uh, I haven't ordered a pay-per-view in seven years, so I'm not going <laughs> to, but I, I think they both, yeah, they like they each have their se- separate pay-per-view channel. You know, if you, and also the fact that BT and Sky are both the two, Biggest cable providers, as well as being the two biggest sports channels, in terms of, you know, pay per view, that they take more of a cut, both of them.
3: Yeah, that was kind of my point. Is that like, is uh, from what I understand, like, if you have, uh, like, Sky is like combining ESPN with like Comcast or like with Directv. Yeah,
1: yeah.
3: Like, it's a, it's it's more difficult to order their pay per view if you're if you don't already have like their infrastructure i believe that to be true uh,
1: kind of but like but anyways it's just not, like
3: i don't really know about it i mean we off yeah no what i was gonna say about the conversation earlier about how joshua's career has or hasn't gone as far as coming to the u.s i think he after the klitschko fight has finally like he kind of had the perfect rise like everything fell into just place perfectly and i think since then he's kind of dealt with a few of the things that like Wilders had to deal with as far as like things not going perfectly your way. Cause I think in a perfect world, Klitschko doesn't retire. They do the rematch in the U S on HBO. I think that's what that would have happened. And then it's a really, that's a genuinely big fight in the U S too. And it's a perfect way to get him here. And he knocks out Klitschko again, most likely. And you're off and running. Or if that fight hadn't happened, I think like, It's it's impossible to say. Like I don't think Dizone would have was going to give them enough of a push to really be what what he deserved. But Jerrell Miller failing the drug tests. I mean, that's something that that happened in Wilder's career several times. And it's impossible to say what this promotion would have been like without. If it was just had gone straightforward as Miller, because there would have been a story to sell. I'm sure Jerrell Miller it would be a lot more like accessible in New York to try and build some kind of buzz. Like I said, I don't know if it would have been necessarily successful, but like they were robbed of the opportunity of even like trying to do that. And now they just kind of have been left with whatever they could throw together.
0: Yeah. That's, that's a good point because like Jarrell Miller, there was with Miller a pathway to promote something. And, and I think Jarrell Miller was the perfect opponent because it allowed Joshua to be the person who got over in the UK and I think that's what makes them comfortable is Joshua doing and saying and acting the way that they've seen him act in the past, which has been get gotten gotten him to this point, which is pretty damn successful. One of the biggest draws in boxing. But without Miller there to talk, without Miller there to, 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 to do anything, it puts the onus on um, Joshua because Ruiz is not going to be that guy. I mean, you just look at the guy. You're like, don't even try to talk tough. Nobody believes you. Okay, eat your Snickers. That's how you do it. And now Joshua's, yeah, just like you said, he's basically been screwed over by the situation. He's been dealt a a pretty crappy hand. I I think it's fair to say at this point, like I I don't even think that's like hating right now. It's just Joshua's just got a a bad hand um, with this fight here in America. Um, And anyone disagree with that? Didn't think so because I made a watertight argument there. And so we're at like two hours. So we're going to wrap this up um final pr- uh what's your prediction for for the main event this weekend we'll go down the line and then we'll say goodbye lex how do you have this one ending uh aj and ruiz no 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 the the, the main event um chris algeri and tommy Coyle. yeah aj ruiz
4: just making sure
0: <laughs> oh okay. um, i appreciate that uh
4: joshua t- ref stoppage in six
1: Rollins. Uh
3: Joshua KO three.
1: Ooh.
0: Stew. It's like
1: Joshua KOs in the metal rounds. So six, seven, eight. One of those three. Fred. I'm picking no round. Ruiz by decision. He's oh. taking
0: it.
2: He's coming out. With, I stole your thunder, probably, right?
0: Uh not quite. I was an, I I'm going Joshua decision. So there you have it. You got all of our predictions. We don't usually do this, but um, it's so a different podcast. It's Memorial Day. Shout out to all the troops supporting the troops. That that's what this, this podcast is in honor of the troops. So it, is Memorial Day a? It's a military holiday, right? It, it's
2: it's honoring the fallen people who are dead, though. So.
0: Oh, <laughs> do you um, wear? Did you wear your poppy?
1: No, that's
2: not November, baby. <laughs> a poppy. Yeah. I remember, I actually so the think co- we've
0: had this conversation on the podcast before. Yeah,
2: we
1: we literally have
0: okay well i don't remember um so thanks for listening thanks you guys for coming on i will i'm not going to say individually who you are because i can't even remember who you, who's on so um hope you guys enjoyed this one we'll be back next week and if you need more content if you want to hear more boxing discussion more nuanced boxing discussion we do one of these almost daily um on our patreon feed patreon.com sunday puncher you can get near daily podcasts um about whatever the news is so if there's breaking news that's where you can get it you'll get instant um podcasts over there so i hope you guys uh enjoyed this one um i hope you guys enjoy the fights we got another packed week of boxing um and that's a whole other conversation we can get into but um thanks for coming on guys and um we'll be back next week
4: The devil tried to shoot with the pump.